What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Recording. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and we are going to be diving back into the adventures of Indiana Jones, and I'm going to be accompanied by my faithful companion, Ray, from the Into the Night podcast. Ray, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing very well. Doing very well, Scott. I was, I was hoping you'd refer to me as a short round. Uh, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> could be worth, could refer to you as Willie, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but very excited to be here. Um, it was so much fun doing the first two Indiana Jones films. Uh, we've just got to round it off now with um, a couple of doozies, uh, the third and fourth one. Yeah. Yeah, so we've covered sort of like, you know, the first one, which is... Yeah, an iconic film. Everyone sort of goes mm-hmm. back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, and then the slightly darker sequel slash prequel, uh, Temple of Doom, in our first part. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to our first, the first part of our retrospective. And today we are we're going to talk about uh, the last two parts of this film series: um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989, and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from 2008. And I will say that mm. these two land on very different ends of the spectrum for me. So, mm. oh, good, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> very, very interested to hear what you have to say about both of them. Um, I might surprise <laughs> you with with a few things here and there as well. Oh, that'd be good. I always like a few surprises. <laughs> okay, well, let's start then. So, let's say nineteen eighty nine. This I have to admit, nineteen eighty nine is one of those years for me that sort of uh, I was probably about, I was I was eight eight coming on nine, so I was sort of. Um, mm. The age when I was sort of target, uh, starting to take, uh, t- pay attention to what's in the cinemas. I was really starting to enjoy films, and for me, this is one of those years that sort of like you know was a doozy as of a year. You had uh, Batman, like the first Michael Keaton Batman. You had uh, oh, Last Crusade. Um, back to the Future was back in. Um, wow, so there's just like so many films are just coming out this year. Eighty nine is just one of those years that sort of the Burbs came out a great film. Uh, all these films <laughs> that sort of came out around this time that I'm really sort of. You know, it's a big year for me. So, Last Crusade is probably in that top. Echelon. Ghostbusters too. Sorry, that's the other one that I was thinking of. Oh wow! Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, Last Crusade. I'm, I remember going and seeing this twice in the cinema mm-hmm. um, when I, when it came out. So, uh, yeah. Do you do you remember it coming out or um, did you um, see it? I- I vaguely, I did see it in the cinemas. Uh, it just, it really surprised me, Scott, that you say that it came out the same year as Batman because um, I mm. think. I think I was caught up with a little bit of Batmania there. Um, yeah. <laughs> just that, that kind of exploded, you know, the whole Prince thing as well. Um, uh, you know, his, his soundtrack. Uh, but I, I, yeah, for the life of me, I did not realise it came out the year uh, Batman did. Uh, but I did go see it in the cinemas and it it was it was really good. I, I was actually, and again, I'm actually surprised that it was in 89. For, for me, I was thinking it, it must have, come mm. out like in the 90s or something because uh, it doesn't look like an 89 film <laughs> if I can say no, that it doesn't. no it doesn't no no I know exactly what you mean like, this doesn't have mm. that there's a slight sort of I don't know um, 
veneer that sort of comes with with eighties sort mm. of films. And no, this is this definitely sort of feels a bit more timeless. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a cracker. I, I love this film, and I'm, I can't I can't even hide how much I love this film because <laughs> although I was an indie fan, this was the sort of like the first one I could get to see in the cinema. Like I was yeah. born eighty one, sort of so the same year as Raiders. Um, too young really to go see Temple of Doom, you know, in eighty yeah. four. So this was yeah. really the first one I was able to go see at the cinema. So this one I really hold like a nostalgic sort of uh, love for this film. Yeah, I'm um, exactly so, yeah, like. I'm sorry. Oh, go on. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm exactly like you, Scott, as well. Uh, I was too young. Uh, a little, I'm a little bit older than you, but I was still too young to uh, to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom in the cinema. So this was the first one. Uh, but I was, but at that stage, um, I, I, I was very well familiar with the Indiana Jones uh, lore, uh, mm. and so was really excited to to see this as well. And uh, look, similar to you, I love this film. I think. Um, everything is. I think the staff of Ra aligns perfectly with the sunlight here. <laughs> uh, I think it's a perfect, um, a perfect encapsulation of the character and everything that Spielberg and Lucas wanted to do with the character. No, I agree. It's almost like, um, yeah, that first version, and we'll get to the plot and stuff in a minute. But that first version, Raiders, is sort of like they, they were going for that sort of tough, grizzled. Um, adventure sort of serial feel, weren't they? From sort of you know that. Uh, yeah from that the early 30s and the 40s and they capture it well um and indie is supposed to be that sort of character um and it's but it's still very sort of based in reality it's still sort of you know there's jokes but there's no you know it's not a humorous film um yeah. and then there's obviously you know D- temple of doom is a bit darker there's some other more jokes in it but within this film i think they just balance that sort of adventure and um that adventure and humor perfectly you know, mm. um, it, it's so well done. I mean, it's, it's, one of this, it's where Spielberg really sort of plays to his strengths. Um, if anything, I'll tell you what, I've, this film felt to me more like, um, not so much, you know, the MCU, you know, sort of like there's more serious mm. MCU films. I'm thinking like Winter Soldier or yes. uh, some of the Cap films, really. Mm-hmm. This felt a similar tone to that. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, Right, the darker ones. No, yeah, no, no sort of where they've actually sort of really where they've maybe not Winter Soldier. I'm thinking more maybe the first um, Cap film, but there's a real okay. good balance that the MCU strikes between like adventure and action and yeah. humor, and I sort mm-hmm, of feel mm-hmm. like it's encapsulated in this film just as well. Yeah, and look, I'm a bigger fan of the MCU as any, um, but. You know, you can't go past the classic. I'll say that even still, Last Crusade shoots it out of the water, um, you know, in that mm. regard with with the balancing and the combination. Because it, it, it was kind of a very um, special mix, this film, because, uh, okay, so we were familiar with Indiana Jones, and so there were references to the older... Uh, the older films, which the fans would appreciate, I guess you know it's yeah. like fan service they could say. Um, but uh, Indiana Jones, uh, um, Harrison Ford uh, was still in his prime. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he he was so enthusiastic, so much energy. But this um, kind of chemistry he had with Sean Connery, I think, just clinched it for me. Uh, the way they played off each other, the comedic timing between the two, um, this whole thing about father and son, and even also the origin of having someone as big as like River Phoenix 
um, at the beginning yeah, uh, um, was a, a real kind of like eye-opener as well. And River Phoenix played it so well. Like on the rewatch here, you can see all the mannerisms he picks up from Harrison Ford and, and he tries to, um, you know, uh, um, portray that as well in his version of Young Indy. And he, and he certainly does. So there are so many things, as well as all the usuals, like the action, the car chasing, um, the hint of supernatural... Which, mind mm. you, I think as we mentioned previously in the other episode, this is a pinnacle of, of like, mm. super, this is the holy grail. Um, so you can't get any bigger it, and better than it's, this. It's, yeah. It is literally the holy grail, at, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so no, good. It, yeah. It is. And let's, let's jump in with the plot, a plot summary yeah. for those, because uh, there's so much to talk about. Mm. Um, but first, let's say, released in 1989, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, written by Jeffrey Boehm. Uh, story by George Lucas. It stars uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, uh, and then it has quite a sort of a solid cast again. So you get uh, you've got Sean Connery as uh, is his dad, uh, Henry Jones, Professor Henry Jones, or Henry Jones Senior, as we learn in this film. Uh, <laughs> Denham Elliott returning as Marcus Brody, Alison Doody as Elsa, uh, John Rhys Davies returning as Sala, uh, Julian Glover as Walter Donovan. Michael Byrne as Vogel, the uh, Nazi colonel. So you get the Nazis returning. Uh, and as yeah, you said, yeah. River Phoenix starring as young Indiana Jones. Um, and again, this film sort of picks up and has that cold open, a fantastically cold open, which to me fits oh. with that sort of notion of the first film. It's like a short film. You get yes. the, uh, we'll get into it a bit in a bit, but you get <clears throat> the origin story for a lot of things and almost like the inspiration for Indiana Jones. Yes. As a young Indiana Jones chases after the cross of Coronado. Um, determined to say that it, should, it belongs in the museum. Uh, later in life, though, we sort of see that he has been able to track down that um, the cross of Coronado, uh, and it sort of rounds out that mini-adventure. Coming back to America, we find that his father, Professor Henry Jones, has gone missing, um, and he was looking for, or he was working with, a group in Venice to search for clues to the, on the trail of the Holy Grail, the cup from which Christ drank at the Last Supper. Uh, he, uh, wi- accompanied by um, uh, Denham Elliott's uh, Marcus Brody, the Indy goes to Venice uh, and meets with Elsa, who may or may not be on his side, uh, and tr- finally tracks down his father, played by Sean Connery, and the two then venture off into the desert to search for the Holy Grail, being pursued by a horde of Nazis. <laughs> so. Let's let's go back to the very beginning. This opening, yeah. this this nineteen twelve, it's set in uh, this origin of Indiana Jones, River Phoenix playing, well, basically like a scout, isn't it? They're like a bunch of scouts yeah. um, on horseback. Yeah. What do you what do you think about this whole opening? Ah, uh, this this opening is brilliant. It, it's um, I, I'm, I I don't know. I I put it. I can't say on par with the Raiders of the Lost Ark because that is just part of cinematic history. But this is mm. very close to um, a, a very successful. Like cold opening, as you say, it's um it's a nice self-contained story. Um, River Phoenix carries it brilliantly. Um, uh, there's enough kind of uh, action and the humour is straight away injected into it. Um, but plus you get a boatload of references for anyone that has followed Indiana Jones. I love the the idea about um, learning, and it's a real life scar right underneath Harrison Ford's mm. lip. Um, yeah, they've they've included that in there um, to kind of explain where that comes from. So, uh, and also the introduction of where Indiana gets a whip, his fear of snakes. All this is done in the cold opening. Um, the 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 hat 
um, and and or, and the leather jacket, you could say, the whole look. Um, yeah. He, he kind of grabs from uh, that guy who leads um, the. Um, how do you call it, Scott? That they they're they're legally finding this, right? They're they're um legally finding these artifacts and get, and keeping them. Yeah, it seems to be. I mean, they just yep. seem to be like a bunch of. You know, I wouldn't say they're archaeologists because they don't no. seem to have that level of sort of um, academic uh, process. But no, they're, yeah. they're prob- they're just more like treasure hunters, aren't they? Like tomb raiders. Hunters, yeah. But there's, yeah. there doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be any illegality about it. They're, you know, they're, even the sheriff turns up later on and is like, "No, it's his. Give it him back." Yeah. Um, oh, but that was a that was a nice twist though because you mm. do. I mean, I at the beginning, you know, I first thought when I first saw it, these are guys. These are treasure hunters. Um, they're just they look mean and they look bad. Um, they're chasing Indy. Brilliant um, chase scene through the through the train. Uh, but yeah, what threw me at the mm. end was after all that, they turn up at Indy's door with the sheriff and he has to hand it over. Um, it's certainly not the ending that you'd expect for this little opening, but um, it, it just yeah, it was just really well executed. That's all I can really say. Yeah, I know it. it oh. It's one of those that sort of like going back and what I'm watching it like I I love this this whole opening. I mean, like you said, it's mm. it's full of adventure. It's got the action. Um, it sets up the character, and like you said, uh, River Phoenix plays it so well. Even like the cadence of the way he talks, because yes. he's got like a slightly yeah. he's, he's even got like a slightly chubby friend. Um, so they're yeah. they're overlooking they're looking down into a pit that where these these um, uh, treasure hunters are, and mm. uh, they're sort of like, what do we do? What do we do? He's like, well, go back and do this. But the way he's talking to him, yeah, the way River Phoenix is talking to his friend, like it, you know, it's clear that he's watched Harrison Ford and the way that yes. he sort of, it's so well done. Um, yes. And he's that level of sort of like slightly grumpy annoyance at not being listened to and all this other <laughs> stuff. It's it's he's so good. It's spot on. Um, even um, sorry, Scott, to cut you off there, but even when um, I'm just getting visuals now in my head of when he runs out of the cave. The way he runs yes. is Ooh. very similar to Harrison Ford or Indiana Jones, the way he runs. So he, he's obviously done his homework, and it's those little things that, as a viewer, you really do appreciate because you may or may not pick it up, but um, there is a consistency there. Yeah, it's tragic to know that sort of like you know, obviously River Phoenix never mm. made it really to adulthood, and it's a tragic story. But it shows like what 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 could have been. Like he's a great actor in this. Like he yeah. really could have been something special in the nineties. Um, but yeah, I have to admit that the, the chase, you know, it's then a chase uh, on horseback. He's been chased in the car. Mm-hmm. But the, the pinnacle of this is, like you say, is an entire sequence across the top of a train or yeah. in and out of a train and some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, this is where I will say, like, I love it. I, and I will admit, I, I do love it. I think so. The sequence like where the, the rhino's putting its horn up through the top of the train and it, like the, the humor there is great. Yeah. Um, it's the one problem I have with prequels and this seems to be the pre like it, it happens in many prequels it sort of seems to be a bit of a prequel trope is mm. okay what do we know about the character in the future okay we've got to stuff answers in for all that into this this prequel mm. so in this one adventure you do like you say you get pretty much everything you get yeah. like, a scar <laughs> yeah. under his under his chin you get the use of the whip you get the fear mm. of snakes you get the fedora and I, even i'm thinking like oh man it's a bit I still love it because it's all fan service, but yeah. even now I'm a bit like, okay, it's a bit much. Like it didn't need that much. Like I'd, I'd happily accept that he got his fear of snakes at another point, or yeah. even the scar or something. But it's good, but it's a bit much at times. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at it holistically in the film, uh, it really does. They really do pack it in at the beginning. But mm. what I do like anyway is that they do. I mean, throughout the film, you do get even more tidbits. It's not like it's it's the be all and end all there at, at the at mm. the beginning. Um, so I mean, the only the thing that comes springs to mind for me is uh, towards the very end about how he gets his name, um, and and why you know why he's been called Junior all the time. Because as a viewer, you're thinking, isn't his name Indiana Jones and his father's Henry, yeah. so why is he calling him yeah. But But that was played on throughout the whole film, like a, a little aside joke, um, but then it gets explained at the end as well. So I like it how uh, you do get the fan service at the beginning, but um, they do pepper the movie with little things um, uh, to definitely. do with... Definitely. Uh, no, I, yeah. I definitely agree. Um, and they run parallels, and some of the stuff they do... There's some, I'm, I'm going to save it to the end of when we talk about this film in summary, but there's something about this... There's some things about this film that tell me why Kingdom of the Crystal Skull should never exist. And probably this fifth film <laughs> should never exist as well. But, oh, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, but that cold opener, you could watch that cold opener, and it, it jumps forward in time to sort of 1939, and you've got India on a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and yes. um, he finally retrieves the cross of Coronado. And this sort of stuff. If you were to just block that out, <laughs> like, it would, it, if, if that was a comic, it would be a really cool sort of like one-shot comic. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a really good short. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that that thing. Sorry, at the end uh, there with the boat, the boat scene. I thought it was really interesting, um, and it's one of the things I think that this film does, which, um, well, it does more so than the other couple of films, uh, is that it does tend to get. Um, almost, I don't know how you describe it. Almost cartoonish in the sense that, um, mm. for me, there was that bit where the the boat explodes, and is it, so is the guy's name Coronado, the guy with the um, yeah. the, uh, no, the, the cross rose? of Car- That's the name of the cross. I oh, the that's Sam's cross. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, the guy in the white suit with the red rose, uh, and his and that the boat boat explodes, and his hat sails by. You know, yeah. Um, all frayed and everything to signify that he's died as well. Uh, the, you know, those sorts of little touches uh, make it, do make it, I don't know, a little bit cartoonish. The same way that um, that Indy's hat always seems to make its way back to him. But then again, there's also a little charm in that as well. Uh, it's something that's mm. very Indiana Jones, um, but it could also come off as, as a little, um, yeah, a little too outlandish. I, I know exactly what you mean, and I, I just mm. said the, the hat coming back to him. It, like you say, especially later on in the film, there's a scene later yeah. on where that happens. It roll, it literally rolls up to him, yeah. and uh, I can I, I can imagine there's some sort of someone just off screen, just sort of like rolling it into shot. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So again, like, we get into the plot, and you, you get again this sort of same thing of um, a similar thing really to the first film. Like, you know, you get a visit from. Um, Someone sort of, you know, firstly you find out more about Indiana Jones as, as a professor, but you get he gets introduced to a, a figure of authority. In this case, a guy called Walter Donovan, who has been working with a group to unearth clues to find um, the Holy Grail, and you find out that his that Indiana Jones's father has been doing, but has gone missing. Um, and obviously, he's got now got to go to Venice to find him. So. What are your thoughts on the setup of this? Sort of like you know, it's not. Well, he's a. I don't know if he's a philanthropist or some sort of just a, a you know businessman or something. But he's. Uh... Yeah, I um when I was watching this, I remember clearly having this thought in my head. Uh, watching while Donovan was basically laying down some exposition um, about the whole story, mm. that this looks like um, 
it looks dated, but it looks like dated in a very classic sense. To me, it reminded me of almost like a Bond film. Um, mm. Just in this, re- this really dapper gentleman, they're in these nice confines, um, but he's talking about um, uh, this tablet that he's got and, and, and what they want to do. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't mind it. Uh, it did, I mean... Of course, things have to slow down, but it was necessary to understand all of this, um, and it furthered, I guess, the stakes for Indiana Jones with with his father, um, Henry, who incidentally we don't see for a long time. We get a little sense of him at the beginning in the opening, but um, Sean Connery is is kind of left um, unseen un, un, um, for quite a while. Um, so it's, it's almost, guess, yeah, it's, it's almost 50 yeah. minutes. It's almost 50 yeah. minutes before he comes into the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which is, which is like, cause like you said, the, the chemistry, these, those two, uh, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery have is really mm. good. Very um, good. but yeah, they really, they really hold out for quite some time. Um, on it, like I say, it's forty-five, fifty minutes before Sean Connery comes in, but they don't yeah. waste. You know, the, the time before that isn't wasted because I mean, no, you know, they finally get to when they do get to Venice and they go and they find the uh, X marks the spot. And again, this is some of the silly jokes. Oh, brilliant! Here, I love the humor. Yeah. The yeah. librarian with his, with his stamp. <laughs> yes, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, every time he yeah. stamps, Indy sort of cracking the floor and stuff. And there's some yeah. great little moments like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that, that's the one. Uh, the type of thing I'm thinking is like kind of cartoonish, but it, it has a certain charm mm. to it, like only an indie film. Like you wouldn't get, you wouldn't kind of get that. Um, you wouldn't kind of get that in a, like in the earlier film, but no. um, but it works kind of here as well. I don't know. I guess because we, because we trust the character, we know what's happening. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I found that hilarious. And X marks the spot. Is so is so. I don't know. I found it so cool when I first saw yeah. it. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Well, it pays up because there's a line early on. So when he's actually yes. teaching, when he actually says to his students, yeah. "X never ever marks the spot," and then like literally within 15 minutes, he's like, "X marks the spot." Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. a lot of really clever. I think those sorts of things, like um, they just tie things up really well. Um, and yeah, and so the Venice thing is is, is great. Um, so we mm. again we get more action, um, and, and uh, they go into the underground. Uh, Alison Duty is really good as the Doctor. I, I liked um, just to step back a little. I like the um, the Casanova in in Indy coming out straight away. Mm. There's a lot of flirting straight away, um, and he and he kind of swipes that flower for her. Um, so yeah. you kind of get a sense, and I think they have a decent amount of chemistry. You get a sense that that they're going to at least be an item in some capacity. Yeah, and you you, you get the film. This is the third film, and so you're getting that idea of you know almost like a Bond girl kind of thing you're getting the indie girl you know you've had sort of karen mm. allen you've had kate capshaw and now you've got alison doody sort of like you know the attractive female companion that's going to be on yeah. this adventure but yeah. she's more than capable like she's obviously a doctor and a scientist and she's she's very capable um yes and uh, but I, I, I again like you say when they go into it i love this whole stuff in in venice um mm-hmm. from the finding of the uh, the knight's tomb where they get the instructions on his shield and it's all very exciting they get like the rats but then it goes to that sort of like the chase, the boat chase, and, and you know, through Venice. Oh, it's amazing! 
It is good. You have to have a boat chase when you're in Venice. Um, yeah. So, uh, it, again, it was really well done. I think I mentioned as well previously that Last Crusade has a chase with every mode of transport possible. Um, and, and so we get the boat scene here. Uh, but going back to that, it's, it's almost, again, another little mini adventure when they go underground, uh, uncovering, mm. uh, is it one of the brothers um, that has been entombed there? And he's got the shield, which has in, uh, inscriptions that are the same as the tablet. Um, and, and later on, when Indy meets up with his dad, um, you know, Henry Jones says, oh, so you saw him and you found the, the, the tomb. And, and you kind of, you're kind of watching it going, yeah, we, we actually saw that. Like, that was a whole yeah. adventure. But we actually, yeah, we actually saw that earlier on. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that was very well done. And um, these guys, uh, gosh, what are they called? The, 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 the cult? Um, oh, it's the... Um, uh, the protectors um, of the, the yeah, Grail? The, yeah, the what's it of the... Uh... The guard of the cruciform sword. Um, yes. Oh, well, it's, yeah. your memory's better than mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now that was good. That was good. And, and what did you, that ends? That last scene at the boat with the propeller. Um, I love it. Really it. Good. Yeah. 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 It's so yeah. good. Because um, yeah. I like the fact that I say that, that. I mean, there's two bits in this I really like. You know, we, we yeah. have we've had the setup, but it's never it never really pays off. But we've had the fact that like Indy is terrified of uh, uh, snakes. You know, we've obviously seen uh, yes. why at the start of the film. Um, yeah. When he, he fell into that vat of snakes. But you also now get told that his father is actually terrified of, of rats. Yes. So so you, there's almost like a bit of a joke there that, like, yeah, a f- fear of like, certain animals runs in the family. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, like that, a nice little nod. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, the, it this is. whole chase, and that's say the boat scene is great because yeah. I, I like the fact that the thing I like is when they get, um, they're being run down and attacked by the sort of these these guys that are protecting, the, the, they're designed to protect the grail, you know, for thousands mm. of years, that's what they've been doing, hundreds yeah. of years, that's what they've been doing. Um, and it's, it's only when Indy says, I'm not I'm not chasing down the grail, I'm looking for my father. Yes. That the, that the guy's like, oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, then, oh, well, just drop hands, me off over hands here. Up. <laughs> that's yeah. it, yeah, it's like, all this could have been just ask. <laughs> I know. Just a little bit um, of miscommunication just goes a long way. Um, one of the it. other, talk, talking about miscommunication, one of the nice gags in that boat chase scene um, for me was when uh, the doctor, um, uh, Elsa, and Indiana Jones, they're on the boat, and Indiana Jones goes, don't go between the boats. She yeah. goes, are you crazy? Go between the boats? And so she goes through it. It sets it up for a great stunt, because they, they make it through just in the nick of time, mm. and their pursuers um, unfortunately don't. Uh, but it's it's that kind of injecting that comedy with the action, with, uh, again, as we mentioned, which is part and parcel of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I agree. I think, like again, they don't miss an opportunity to sort of Again, to balance that humour with the action in this film, like yeah. throughout, it's they, they always sort of um, the the balance is just perfect, I think. Yeah. Because um, it is, they, they, you know, they obviously they get the information and then uh, they find out where uh, Indy's father is being held uh, at a castle in the Austrian border. I mean, this film goes all over, like more so than any mm. of the other films. Again, this is a real travelogue because they start in America. Or it starts in America. They go to Venice, then they go to Austria, and then yep. they, they, you know, then they go, they go elsewhere. But they go to this castle in Austria, and again, like they're playing it, not for, not so much for laughs, but it's sort of played, you know, silly. Like Indy puts on a, a Scottish accent to pretend to be. Oh, another that's right. To try and get in because he wants to see the tapestries. 
And yeah, uh, yeah. You, you do. You, I can't remember. Says, you do have tapestries, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You get the the, the Austrian butler. We do have tapestries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And does he say something like, yeah. Um, "Yeah"? And he goes, "If you are Scottish, then I am Mickey Mouse." <laughs> yeah, that kind of gives the whole well, game away. Yeah. But I've always wondered, even maybe not so when I first saw it, but like watching it over and over again. One of the, the jokes of obviously whenever Sean Connery. Is in a film like he's not, you know. Like, ah, I always think mm-hmm. of Highlander, where he's supposed to be sort of a Ramirez, a Spanish conquistador that was trained in Egypt, and yeah. all this other stuff. And you're like, but you're clearly not. You still got a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> so I always yeah. wondered if like Harrison Ford doing that Scottish accent was a bit of a, oh. you know, an in joke at the fact that like yeah, Sean Connery's playing my dad, and he, you know, undoubtedly has a Scottish accent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, it could well, could well be. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It, it, it seems to to be like it would have been a very fun time on set because you've got these two big stars, right? Mm. And they obviously, I don't know. Well, I don't know how it goes behind uh, behind the scenes, but um, they seem to get along very well on the screen. So, um, and there seems to be, you can tell, there seems to be a a, a mutual respect for both of them because. It would be mm. easy to say that one of them might overshadow the other or try to overshadow the other in the film, but they they share it equally, uh, and, um, and 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 rightly so because it is an Indiana Jones film. But at the same instance, you do have Sean Connery there as well, a legend. So yes, definitely, and that, you know this is where you you get to meet the two. Now it should be noted they're obviously playing father and son, mm-hmm. um, but there's only twelve years between them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. So that's one that. of those sort of weird things of Hollywood. Um, so yeah, they're they're not as sort of distant as uh, it probably sort of suggests in this. Um, but yeah, no, I I love this sort of like you know, there's some again they get great gags. They find it where he is, and Indy sort of using his whip crashes yep. through the window into the room where his father is. Um, and his father oh. instantly hits him with the vase. Yeah, yeah. And then he has a, he checks the vase as well for its yeah. um its value, <laughs> his authenticity, <laughs> the authenticity. Yeah. And uh and the joke is on him because he thinks Indy thinks that he's concerned for him, but it's not. He's concerned because oh he's relieved because the vase is not um, an antique. So uh, yeah. again, joke, jokes are plenty here. And I I feel as well like. If we were to, you know, we were talking previously about Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark and the the personality of Indiana Jones, and and for me, he he kind of changed into more of a grumpier person in the second one, second Temple of Doom, mm. Temple of Doom. Over this this third one, I think it is because he plays off his father, Sean Connery, that we get a a, a very different side to Indiana Jones. But for me, it, he still seems like Indiana Jones. Um, but there's very much a um, I've reverted to my son mode to this guy. Like, yes. I'm a swashbuckling treasure hunter, but the moment that I'm with my dad, I become this kind of fumbling, um, ever apologising or ever trying to explain myself sort of um, son. And and I think that's what adds to his character here. Um, and it's a much more appealing personality, I think, than, say, his kind of grumpier, um, almost arrogant attitude in, in Temple of Doom. No, I'd agree. And it's, it's funny that I actually, um, in sort of like reading up on for some of these bits and pieces, I came across an article that pointed something out, which is exactly what you're... Oh, sort of uh, yeah. highlighting here, 
and it sort of said it was it, they called it the hidden arc of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and it was a suggestion that like yes they were released in you know Raiders Temple um, Crusade that order, but if you take them in sort of like canonical uh, actual chronological order, so actually mm-hmm. you do it's it's, it's Temple of Doom, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then a couple of years later it's it's um, so it's it's thirty. 35, 36, and 39, that's the sort of the years it's supposed these are supposed to take place in. Mm-hmm. And this thing this this article was actually suggesting exactly what you're saying is like actually what you see if you watch those films in that order is this lightening up of Indiana Jones. Uh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and that he starts out, like you say, in this sort of like as a because he's you know, we, we said at the start of Temple, like he's willing to sacrifice, he's like threatening to stab Willie Scott to get a bloody diamond yeah. and the, the and the antidote. Yeah. Um and everything else. And then, um, you know, Raiders, he's still sort of grumpy, but he's a bit more willing to, um, you know, he's, he's a bit more humorous, and he's sort of yeah. a bit more willing to sacrifice. And then by this film, as you say, he's a bit more lighter still. Yeah. And it does seem like there's a sort of a, the adventures are having an impact on him um, and, and, and actually make, you know, sending him on a change. So I think you're right. I, and I think this is sort of the end of all. And this, this will come to my point of this should have been the end of the series mm. um, at the yeah. end. But but yeah, and I, I I love the dynamic between these two because you're you're right that you you know you, when you're out with your with your friends or your colleagues or whatever you, yourself, you go home and all of a sudden you do revert back to that position <laughs> you have with your parents. Yeah, um, that's it. And uh, yeah, um, and I like the fact he's quite cheeky to his dad as well. Sort of like you know his dad sort of says, "Why did you hit me?" He says, "I thought you were one of them." He says, <laughs> they tend to come through. They tend to come through the door. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and there's the um. There's the again the the desensitization to to death and violence. Um, yeah. the, I think the first couple of times uh, Henry calls Indiana Jones Junior, uh, Indy finds himself with a machine gun and he just mows down the uh, yeah. the Nazis. He goes, "Don't call me Junior." I mean, a horrific a horrific scene, but uh, played lightly and uh, you have to laugh. And because they're Nazis, and and I want to point yeah. out as well one of my favorite lines. I don't know, it just sums up Indy so well, is when he first sees him and he goes, Nazis, I hate these guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's a, a little bit of, there's a bit of irreverence towards them, but he mm. he obviously has tussled with them before and I just love the way that, yeah, he, he approaches them. I, I agree, yeah. And I think um, I, I, in this whole scene, sort of in this cast, this Austrian cast, you sort of, um, and again, this comes down to both the, the quality of acting from Ford and Sean Connery and mm. the direction from Spielberg is you quickly get everything summed up. Like, okay, here's the relationship now between Indy and his father. Uh, you know, we've already established what Indy's like. So here's some information about, in little snippets, here's some yeah. information about sort of uh, Henry Jones. Because uh, as you say, sort of, you know, Indy's tantrum uh, at being called Junior and then killing the people. <laughs> and that's a hell of a tantrum. Yes. Um, but um, I like the I like Henry's response. He's like, "You killed those people." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's like, "Yes, I did because they were going to kill us." Like, let's yeah. move. Um, yeah. and, oh, it's uh, so and funny. They, they have it later on, don't they, when they're trying to escape? And he's like, "These people yes. are chasing us." He's like, yeah. "Yes, I know." He's like, well, it's, yeah, just, yeah. "It's a new experience for me." Yeah. It happens all the time. Oh yeah, that that um, was the most that was hilarious. Sorry, you're just jumping ahead. No, I think I think Henry goes. I think they're trying to kill us or something. And he goes, "Yes, they are." <laughs> like, <laughs> and and Indy's hat is all funny, so it makes him look like even a funnier um, version of himself because you know they're running mm. away from this plane. Anyway, that's later on. But um, yeah, just the annoyance that Indiana has for his dad, and it's and everyone or any son 
can possibly relate to that. Uh, it's just, you know, with their dads, like, come on, dad, come on. Like, <laughs> you're dragging your feet. And, uh, you know, so it, it's just funny to see. Well, he even says that, does he, at one point? Yeah. He says, um, he just he just said, like, come on, dad. And sort of like yeah. calling him down to hurry up. Um, yeah. uh, and again, they're different approaches, you know, they get, because obviously when they're running around the castle, <clears throat> they get caught. And, um, you know, he's got his uh, things like the lucky, the, the part with the lucky lighter, um, when they're, oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, but they've been tied, they've been tied up. I like the fact that sort of the two ways that, um, the Germans, cause they're talking to India, oh, they, they, yeah. they clearly see that India <laughs> yeah. is the threat. Yes. And, um, so Elsa sort of gives him a soft, um, you know, she gives him a kiss and she says, you know, it was wonderful. And Sean Connery's yeah. like, it was, it was pretty good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. It goes to show that sort of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No, no. But you can also just see the disgust in Indy, like the realisation. It's like, what, Dad? Because you never want to think about your parents, you know, doing no. that sort of stuff. So, um, and, and he's actually gone to bed with the same woman that has. So it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, very, yeah. very funny. Yeah, but that lighter scene is hilarious. Um, it's, you know, again, it kind of touches on that trope of... of um, of you know being tied up and stuff and, and trying to get out of it, um, but I just love the the expression on Sean Connery's face when he does kind of drop the lighter, tries to blow it away um, or blow yeah. it out, and it just causes more mayhem. <laughs> um, yeah, it just it's really really uh, funny stuff. It is, and this is where I think sort of you know everyone thinks of sort of you know you think Sean Connery, you think probably like James Bond, mm. um, and you know you think of him in that sort of role and. But actually, he is—he's got some comedy chops in this. Like he's, his timing's oh, yeah. pretty good. Um, Absolutely. And I think you know he's willing to sort of come across, you know, because again, like you know, he's—he's he's lost. He's not using the his, uh, wig. You know, he's clearly showing that he's balding mm. and that sort of thing. And he's—he's yeah. he's happy to look a little bit of a buffoon. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's—it's it's quite cool that he's actually willing to sort of be this sort of slightly, as you said, befuddled older professor. Um, next to yeah. Indy's sort of uh, adventuring treasure hunter, I, I wonder what he thought of of being offered like the role on Indiana Jones. If he was uh, indeed aware of Indiana Jones, uh, if he if he liked it and and felt and felt a sort of honour to be on it or not, um, because he seems to really enjoy himself uh, in this, and and it does seem that he does at no point um, phone it in. Like he really just puts himself in there um, and he loves his role and, and he's got a very well written role as well I, mm. I'd, I'd say um, he's got a nice juicy part in it um, so yeah no, I, I just I wonder if he if Sean Connery was a fan before he came into it it's interesting because I think you know it's it, what would have attracted him um, would it be the Indiana Jones films I mean you know obviously he had two mm. out but also you've got to remember at this point like Spielberg could do no wrong you yeah. know this is this is a Spielberg film. You know, George George Lucas is obviously, you know, sl- I mean, not tarnished. He's obviously got Star Wars behind him. Yeah. Um, maybe slightly tarnished at this point because he's a Howard the Duck behind him as well. But <laughs> you, if, if Spielberg, if Steven Spielberg steps in and like, do you want to play Indiana Jones' dad? He's like, are you directing? Yes, I'm directing. I'm, like, I'm in. You know, that's yeah. sort of... Like, yeah, true. Spiel- Spielberg at late 80s is, is sort of... Late eighties, early nineties is, is him at his peak, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it must be. But you're right; he does. He does give it all. He, he's all in on this, and he's great. Um, yeah. And again, like you see, this film never stops because you go from the castle straight into like this, the chase continues, and they've got. Yeah. And I'd, I'd never thought about this before. You're right. 
This this has got a horse, a horse um, chase, <laughs> yeah, got a chase a train. We've had a chase yeah. in boat, motorcycles, and now, and now we're going to get yeah. yeah. Now we're going to get motorbikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's quite frenetic. Like the film doesn't let up. No, I mean, and, and in between all that as well, there are, you know, the, the fight scenes as well, like um, with, with them escaping from the fireplace. Um, again, comedy, um, they go into that into that hearth and, and it, mm. it revolves around and there's a secret Nazi, I don't know what it is, communications room. And uh, that German lady gives an awkward smile before she just screams out, Schnau, Schnau, Schnau! It kind of makes light of, of the Nazis and Germans. Um, and and the, again, it's, it's very classic old school stuff of, of um, that revolving hearth. And um, mm. you see Henry Jones there, and then you hear a punch, and then it revolves around, and you see just a Nazi officer slump down. Um, kind of, re- I don't know, really harking back to the old school types of, of films I think no I agree it is, I mean this yeah. is still like living in that, that sort of old school serial yeah. adventure isn't it that this is yeah. um, um, and I, I, I think I honestly think this is where they perfected it I, I, yes um, if we were to uh, you know they, I'm gonna, we'll probably, I'll ask to rank these at the end um, mm-hmm. all of them but uh, I, I do think this is where they get it spot on oh yeah um, yeah and uh, it's yeah they, they get to, they obviously go on the, the bike chase uh, which is again has got some great stunts in it. Like you know, this guy's being sort oh, yeah. of like thrown off motorbikes. They're doing jumps and all kinds of stuff. Like it's, it's really yeah. solid. Sort of it stands up. Like again, practical. None of this is CGI. It's all practical. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, um, and, and um, there's also again, uh, I'm gonna hark back on it about the the comedy. There's that bit where Indiana Jones really does enjoy. Like he he gets one of the Germans and he kind of cackles to himself. Um, and then yeah. Henry kind of gives him a disapproving look <laughs> and kind of reproaches him with his eyes and he's going, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, so again, yeah. just the father, father-son dynamic, it just it works really well. Because it, it kind of, because, you know, we're just so used to Indiana Jones being such an assertive, grown-up, mm. you know, um, individual. We saw him... Um, in Temple of Doom, you know, doing things, you know, with with voodoo and such. Um, now he's got his dad. He just kind of reverts him back to his old self. It's it's really funny. No, it's a really good point. Actually. You're right because he sort of in in the two previous films, he's been almost like the heroic authority figure, hasn't he? He's yeah. the one that's had the knowledge. He's the one that's had the sort of the capability to do these things. And all of a sudden now, he's almost like you say, he's uh, he he gets him not embarrassed and frustrated, I suppose, with his dad around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really does throw him, throw him for a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, because you do get the thing where they they, they, they want to go catch up with with um, Brody in wherever he is to go because uh, they've, they've now established at the start of the the trail they know the trail to get to the Holy Grail starts in the city of Alexandria. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is all. But they, and they've got to get through was it the the three um, there's three tests before before God. Um, he's like, okay, well, what are yep. they? Well, they're in my diary. Where's your diary? Well, it's in Berlin. And yep. uh, it leads to a sort of a slightly throwaway scene, really, but it's still really good. Where Indy, they go to Berlin, they, he, he sort of faces up to oh, Elsa, yeah. he gets the diary, and then accidentally bumps into Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, what did you think of Hitler appearing in, like, a, a real historical figure appearing in Indiana Jones? Um. I was sort of I'm fine I'm sort of fine with it because it's it's mm-hmm. one of the, you, you know it's you know it's supposed to have been set it's a period piece um, yeah. 
again, it's, it's a throwaway joke, but it, I mean, it's quite a lot of setup for a throwaway joke. Yeah. They've got like a whole, it's not even like a small scene, like it's a whole parade, like it's like mm. in Nuremberg or something. Um, yeah. And it, but in, again, this sort of like the Indies reaction is fantastic because he gets bumped in, you know, he's there, he's got the diary, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and Hitler sort of literally bumps into Hitler uh, whilst yeah. he's in this parade, and he's, they look at each other. Hitler opens the diary, which has got all this information, like all this uh, this yeah. occult information, which Hitler, Hitler would be loving on, and he just signs oh, he it would. and then moves on. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> it is so funny, yeah. And and Harrison's um, reaction is is hilarious uh, because yeah, I mean he's holding it. It doesn't look like like initially it, it doesn't look like he's offering it to Hitler. He just he just turns around and he's just holding it there. Yeah. Um, but Hitler's obviously in the zone. Um, and, you know, has his lackeys behind him. Just give me the pen. I'll sign it. Off I go. Um, it's just something you would not expect. I mean, I've spoken to some people um, I know who who love the film as well, and um, just in general, not too keen on having like real life figures featured in this because mm. I guess it's a fantasy. But I, I had no, I had no qualms with with saying Hitler in it. I mean, he, regardless of whether he looked. Totally accurate enough or not, you know it is meant to be Hitler, and it's a, as you say, it, it's a one-off. So um, yeah, yeah, it's a sort of a throwaway joke. Yeah, um, and then um, you know, again, sort of, you then get to um, the, the our another form of transport. You get air travel. They get a blimp uh, that leads yeah, to yes. the airplane. Um, but like I said, they take a stop, uh, and this is quite an interesting p- part, really, because they're sort of they're on the blimp. And yep. you get a conversation about, like, between um, Henry and Indy about their father-son dynamic, about how yes. they feel. You know, Indy feels that Henry was as a father, and Henry feels and how Henry feels he was as a father. It's um, it's in, how do you, what are your thoughts on that scene? Yeah, I, I actually again, this is in one of my my notes as well. When I did watch it, I was thinking, okay, this scene is is um is quite like memorable now for me because um at first I thought it was just a bit of filler. Um, mm. you know, because, you know, setting up the scene later on with a whole blimp and, and it turning around. But it is actually important to, to get a bit more, to, to actually have it set in words. I mean, we've seen the actions that they take and we've seen underlying currents of how they react to each other. Um, but Indy hits it on the head, on it, and, and he really just confronts his dad. Um, and and I, guess, I guess they're trying to work through the issues. Um, but, but Henry... You know whether or not he he totally gets it or not. He does explain that you know I gave you independence. I gave you this idea that you know I was a fantastic father. Now whether you agree with that or not, um, I think it's beside the point. But it, it really it does show uh, it does give a bit of insight into both of the characters. Like it shows mm. from Indy how he felt the way that his father was treating him, but it also showed Henry Jones and how he thought he was raising his son um and yeah I, I found it i found it quite interesting and it was it was brief enough it wasn't too long um but what did what did you think of it yeah it's really it's almost like a tip of the iceberg kind of deal mm. um, i do think it's really interesting it does it does give that information and that that glimpse into their sort of dynamic especially yeah. when henry does say to him you know i was a wonderful father like you know i didn't i never told you to do the dishes i never told you to tie yeah. your room you know um and it, but there's a there's a moment in response to like he, he clearly thinks he was doing the right thing you know yeah but then he does yeah he believes it yeah yeah but then I'm trying to think is he can trying to convince himself um, mm. 
because after that, it, it, there's a further hint. Is it's like you know, even mother didn't know, understand. And, you, and one of the things you don't that's um, not explained actually in in it's not, it's not it, at the very start of this film. You see, obviously, River Phoenix. He runs into the house, you know, and it's um, you see the back of his father, sort of, and Sean Connery's voice comes up. Yeah. Um, but there's no mention of his mother, um, mm. and what what's not actually sort of stated in this, but. Uh, is actually covered more in sort of like the young Indiana Jones adventures. Is that his mm-hmm. mother died when he, uh, when Indy was very young? I think his mother died about a year, probably about two years before um, 1912. I think it's in 1910 or 1909 that his mother died. Mm-hmm. And so this sort of um, what you don't realise, or it's, it's sort of alluded to, but it's actually sort of expanded more on in some of the in almost a Star Warsy kind of way. There's actually additional yeah. material that sort of expands on this that actually. Uh, the death of his mother, um, so obviously the grief that his father felt, is what drove him to become more and more obsessed with the Grail. It was this sort of right. like his escape, um, and unfortunately, it then led him away from India, and that's how they sort of they became separated and they become less. Right. Um, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, if you follow the Young Adventures, Indiana Jones leaves home in 1915, goes to mm-hmm. Europe, and joins the Austrian army. And not the Austrian army, sort of the Belgian army, sorry, to fight in World War One, and then goes on all these adventures from there and never goes home. Like, you know, after that, he never oh. goes home. So, technically, like, the, it's alluded to that he's spoken to his father and stuff, but they've since about, so it's been about 20 years before since they've really spoken in this way. Yeah. Is that a, was that a TV show? The, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. okay, because I vaguely remember it, but like, uh, only because you've just mentioned it now. Okay, wow, so there was a TV show of Indiana, Indiana Jones. Mm. I've really got to look that up. Yeah. It's worth seeing. Like, the adventure, it's a bit, I'll be yeah. honest with you, it's a, each one's like a feature length adventure, um, uh-huh. and uh, I will admit they vary in quality. Okay. Um, mainly based on budget and what they're trying to achieve but there are some that are absolutely fantastic Uh, there are some really really good ones Um, oh nice so yeah no, I I would recommend the the adventures of young Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you can find them on Blu-ray or DVD yeah well I mean I guess I guess they had to I mean viewers would probably be asking because you do see father and son they probably would ask you know where's the mum so they had to address mm-hmm. that i think and and they do that quickly enough um and vaguely enough that <laughs> that you know um yeah. it's kind of you know put to bed um very quickly but yeah no i, I think it was you know despite there being no action at all i, I found this one of the most interesting scenes um, mm. where they actually do have time to sit and talk about their relationship which was um yeah it's it's good. It's a good you know. Again, the pacing is great because again, it's a it's a bit of a beat before mm. um, uh, you know you you've got this beat where you, you get them sort of having a heart to heart, and then it's followed pretty much straight away again by a chase. You know, they sort <laughs> yeah. of they, they jump into a biplane and um, and they're being chased down and they're sort of uh, again sort of the fumbling. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a reference as well, though. Again, sort of, you know, um, I didn't realise you'd learnt to fly. He's like, fly, yes. Land, no. Ah, uh, right, um, yes. Ah, oh, reference to his days in, yeah. In Temple yeah. of Doom when he actually didn't know how to fly. Um, yeah. So, c- clearly taken lessons in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I look, again, yeah, the, the, the plane chase is great and it leads to another car chase and all this other stuff. So, it's just... Um, non-stop action to be fair not, yeah i mean and, and not but not overly yeah. action-packed i i always think of van helsing 
starring Hugh Jackman. When I, I don't know mm. if you've seen that. When when I watched that in the cinemas, it just seemed there was unrelenting action, and it just got too much, mm. like it, to the detriment of the story and the characters. Uh, but in this way, I mean. Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, a lot of action, but there there is time to 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 understand and to um, uh, you know know the characters a bit more. Um, mm. And yeah, and again, that mix with with comedy is just great. Um, I mean, that plane that goes through the tunnel with them, that poor German guy, you know, without the yeah. wings, and and they're kind of looking at him. He's looking at them, <laughs> and then it just kind of blows up. Um, yeah, it's great. And and over here, this is yeah, this scene was great in the. Um, the beach, because as you mentioned, Scott, um, Henry Jones is pretty much a bumbling uh, old man for most of the part, mm. but he, he shows his worth here uh, and, and something very unconventional. And I like this because uh, he's, not a, he's not an adventurer like Indy. Uh, he, he can't wield a sword or a gun, uh, but he does take out his umbrella. And I, again, I remember the cinemas going, what, what is he going to do? This is some pretty nifty MacGyver kind of like stuff yeah. um but no no then he just scares the seagulls and that's enough to to get that last plane to to crash and burn uh and then he then he quotes charlemagne um which is yeah. which is really cool I, yeah. I do like that bit because he's, he's quite sort of smug isn't he so i remembered my mm. charlemagne yeah. and uh yeah now it is it's uh it's, it's it's good again it comes down to that dynamic between them sort of like i i'm just invested in this film throughout i think you know i can i've, I've probably watched this more than any of the others Mm. And I do. I just, I just, I think this is all great, because um, it does. It sort of, it, it moves quite quickly. Then they sort of, like, you know, they've got everything they need. They're going off to sort of, um, they've got to catch up with Brody because they realise that Brody's got the rest of the map. Um, oh, can I just say as he, well, um, yeah. Scott, one of the most hilarious uh, bits of comedy in it was Indiana Jones's um, uh, spiel about Brody. You know, he's got yeah. a seven-day head start. You know, he's got networks all over. You know, uh, with a he'll bit of luck, he'll blend in. He'll disappear. He'll blend in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a little luck, he would have found the Grail already. And then cut to yeah. Brody, <laughs> who's in yeah. in a suit. Going, does anyone know? You know where this is? Um, yeah. For me, for me, there's been a steady degradation of. of Paul Marcus Brody throughout the films. He was kind of um, okay at the beginning, uh, but he becomes a bit of a mess towards the end. Yeah, it's true because again, like you know, throughout the films, he's always been sort of obviously like a, a minor character, but in yeah. this, like he's obviously played more of a part, um, mm. which seems like I think Spielberg's sort of like given a payoff. But they do they yeah. make him a bit of a comedy character because like you say there's a great line when they when they do say that, and and uh, you know Henry Jones actually says to Indy, he says later, he says, "Oh, so you really think he'll he'll have got you know got along that far?" And he's like, yeah. "No, he got lost in his own museum." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I, I was making I was making that up. Yeah, uh, yeah I do. I think, that, I think that's some great moments like that. Yeah, um, classic. And that's where we get Salah again, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, they obviously do get to meet up, and um, uh, they get they get you know they get taken. I'm trying I'm trying to think of the transition because they do they get to the end, and they obviously uh, uh, Denham Elliot um, Marcus Wade does get captured. Um, yes. In the back um, of the truck, and, and it, it that's gets what, yeah, whisked he gets away. Separate, yeah, yeah, he gets separated from Sala, doesn't he? Yep. Uh, well, no, Sala actually um, rushes him, um, hurries him into what looks like a, a stall, a, sh- a shopping stall, uh, but uh, right. it happens to be a truck um, already waiting, and they kind of bundle him up, and off he goes. Yes, and then yeah, and then they get, and then he sort of because you get sort of Sala gets look, it looks a bit peeved yep. that he's been tricked. Yes. Um, and then it sort of comes to the, again the, the sort of the third act, and you get this sort of 
um, they're looking for the Canyon of the Crescent Moon. Mm. And so they've left Alexandria and they're going across the desert and you've got the Nazi sort of... Um, Donovan's there. Walter Donovan's now caught up with. He's obviously been part of it now. You've seen that he's actually yes. a baddie. Elsa's now a baddie. So they're all going across the desert, and um, they've got like tanks and jeeps and all this other stuff. And Indy's yeah. there with just his father and Sala and, and a couple of horses. Um, <laughs> and, and I have to admit, this whole tank scene at the end. Oh yeah. Is um, we've talked about the action before. But this sort of tops it all, doesn't it? Sort of uh, the, the, you know, yeah. everything. It's just so good. I mean, what are your thoughts on it initially? Uh, I mean, I'm thinking all, all the action scenes in this is a, a top notch, you know. Um, but with the tank, uh, I remember just watching it again, going, "They got a bloody tank for this for this film." Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it was great. The, the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing with the um, what do you call them? The tracks that have have it on there mm. that um, Henry Jones falls on it and and Indy gets him with the whip. The whole thing that Indy's caught on one of the like the um, the cannons um, and that it, it just it was really there was a lot of stuff happening, um, but it was so much fun. Um, and, and Henry Jones just trying to trying to save um, Marcus uh, as well, Marcus Brody. Um, and uh, and and actually, again, we see a bit of Henry um, against the German. He squirts him. The pen is mm. mightier than the sword, uh, which Marcus mentions. So uh, we get a bit of um, Henry in the action. But there's there's so much just there to talk about. I'm just kind of rambling like off randomly of these um, bits and pieces. But I I loved it. I think it was it was great. Um, and we see the end of um, God, what, what was the gentleman that the the Nazis guy Vogel um, Vogel. Yeah, Vogel. In a in a very uh, looking at it again, very model obvious model yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. tank because you could see little Vogel there uh, just at the, at the top <laughs> clinging. Um, but no, it was really cool. Uh, and there's that bit of tension with Indy going off the edge as well. Um, and there's a moment of sadness, but again, comedy. <laughs> like this yeah. thing, Indy's behind them, looking over the edge as well. What are we looking yeah. at? <laughs> you know? uh, I just love it. I love it. And the, the hat scene, as you mentioned, it comes back. Um, so. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're right. Though. This whole scene is so. And again, like I'll put this on Spielberg, and obviously they must have some great stunt coordinators because the, mm. the sort of the way this scene escalates is so good because you sort of um, yeah, you have them sort of trying to. Uh, they know that uh, Marcus is in one of the tanks, and so they're trying to get into it. Um, and you know, he's, I'm not sure what. So Indy's just trying to get to that, and then if yeah, he uses the the pen, but then yeah. uh, Henry Jones gets taken hostage, so he's got to get them out of the tank. Um, and so it just sort of escalates from sort of like say horse versus tanks. He puts the rock in the gun, doesn't he? Uh, yes, it that's blows, right. It blows one of the sort of side sort of guns up. Yeah, again, a bit of a cartoon. The... Yeah, a bit of a cartoon yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. It does. It is quite cartoony, but they keep balancing it out with sort of like you know. Some of the yeah. tension, some of the action, because he gets on yeah. the tank, and like you said, the best bit—you've got the guy who's got like a periscope looking at the tank. Oh, that's right. And Indy's, as he's fighting, Indy's face gets squashed up against the, uh, yeah. the top of the periscope. Yeah, it's very silly, but it's brilliant. I'd, I'm so sort of um, enjoying this whole thing because it's just so—it's because it's so practical. Like they are on top of a tank, riding through a desert, and mm. I know it's obviously all stunt work, but like you say, when they finally get out. And they get out of the tank, uh, and like you say, Sean um, uh, Denham Elliott's like, "How do you? How does one get off this thing?" And he gets like, accidentally <laughs> yeah, punched in the right. head and just sort of falls off the back. Yeah. Um, 
But then, like I say, Sean Connery like being dragged across the tracks, and Indy's got him like yeah. he's holding the whip with it around his ankle, whilst he's fighting somebody else off, and all this other stuff. Like, it's, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's so well orchestrated and so well filmed. Like, it just sort of mm. it's perfect adventure action for me. Um, yeah. But the payoff, like you say, the payoff of all this again, like they never. This film's got heart. I think that's the, one of the key things. Yeah, it's this much. dynamic and sort of relationship between Indy and Henry. Um, they think Indy's gone off the, the edge of the cliff. That when that tank goes off with Vogel, they think Indy was still attached to it. Yeah. And so they are. They're sort of like mourning him, and um, it's that moment of realization for um, Sean Connery. Like he's oh, gone. Yes. They've gone through all this. He's seen what his son does, yeah. and they actually said, you know, he sees he's on the side of right and all this other stuff. And then when he thinks he's gone, he says like, you know, I, I can't believe he's gone. Like all it, it, yeah. just five more minutes would have been enough. There was so much I wanted to tell him. Yeah. Um, and like you say, they're doing this sort of like thoughtful, mournful moment, and you do see Indy sort of looking over the cliff behind them, shaking his head like, "Yeah, yeah no, was, it's terrible. That was mad. That was, wasn't it? That was, cra- yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, God, could you, did you see me on that tank? That's mad. Yeah. Um, and then, but when he sees him, the joy, like again, like Sean Connery playing it really well, like the joy yeah. in his face. He's like, "Oh, you made it, boy!" And um, yeah, gives him the hug and sort of everything. Um, but then, sort of like. But mm. but then he stops. Like when India then slumps down, then he's back mm. to the old father again. It's like, come on, no no time to lay about. We've got a we've got a grail to get. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah enough time for emotions. Yeah, it's almost because you can read. The, there's two ways of sort of seeing that because it's, it's, that's all I've always read it is that mm. sort of thing of like, well, come on then. He sort of like you know he sort of like um, realizes he's showing a bit too much emotion and mm-hmm. sort of like mm-hmm. buttons himself up again. So like, come on, we've got a grail to find. But really, watching it this time as well, I took it as he's full of he's full of so much sort of adrenaline and verve. He's like, you know, well, I've, I've not only have I, I've won this, we've won this battle. I've got uh, my yeah, son yeah. back, and I'm so I'm just so excited of like we're almost there, like everything's coming to fruition. Yeah, um, and it is good, but it's sort of like it's the it's almost like you start to see that the sort of um, this relationship that's been building over the last hour of this film is coming to that fruition, sort of like you know. All mm. the realizations of where each person was coming from is starting to break down, yeah. um, and so it comes to the thing when they do come to the temple, and the you know, they find actually that the Germans have already made it there. So yes. Walter Walter Donovan's already made it there, um, and they are sending in sort of troops, and each troop keeps getting their head cut off. Um, yeah, and and you're not sort of sure why to begin with. Um, yeah. I think this is. Sort of, Sorry, yeah, oh no! Yeah. I was just about to say I think this is really cool because the what was very successful with Raiders of the Lost Ark at the beginning, the opening, they've now put it at the end with with mm. all these funky booby traps, you know, which which made the beginning interesting, you know, because it's all about infiltrating uh, this temple. Same thing here, right? But um, but this is the the um, Act Three. This is the finale. Um, so. Uh, I think it was a, it was a masterstroke, really, as well, because um, that was one of the essences of Indiana Jones that we love so much, um, and it's used now in the in the climax and the finale of the film, uh, and and having these three kind of tests um, to guide, um, yeah, it was it was really really fun indeed. Yeah, um, and I like the way they motivate him as well because he's sort of you know at first he's sort of like they they hold the oh, gun yeah. to Indy, he's like oh, he's like I'm not gonna do it. He's like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll give you a reason to. And they shoot his dad. They shoot Henry yes. Jones, um, knowing that part of the law of the Holy Grail is that 
uh, it can be life-giving so the water poured from it can heal all wounds mm. um and so yeah so basically if he gets the cup of christ he can actually heal you know he can save his dad um and so that's the motivation um, yeah. And again, it's it's, it's a, another sort of like you know, eroding. It's that possibility of losing that thing of being able to bridge the gap of like, okay, I can't I can't let him die because we've finally started to bridge that gap. So I've got to yeah. go and save him. That's what I want. Uh, it, you know, again, it sort of hit, keeps hitting those emotional beats. But you're right about the the three tests are, are so early raiders. Um, yes, I, I never thought about that before. It's, it's it's a really good point. Like this is paying off. <laughs> Um, yeah. the, the first, very, very first scene we've ever seen of, uh, of Indiana Jones. Yeah, which which is funny because, as you mentioned, it was the very first scene of Indiana Jones, but it is one of the most memorable and one mm. that sticks with people's minds when it comes to Indiana Jones. <coughs> uh, you, you think about archaeology, you think about all these things that he, he kind of does, um, you, you know, as uh, stealing the artefacts, um, you know these ancient booby traps, and yeah, it's it's used here, um, but this time from the uh, the Knights Templar uh, or the you know the the, the Holy Crusade, and um, and it it is a test of faith um, mm. for for Indiana Jones. I mean, because he doesn't really believe it, right? But he's going to have to now because they shot his dad, and the huh? only way his yeah. dad, yeah. Let's let's be clear though. How does he not believe? Like literally yeah, before, yeah. he saw he saw the effect yeah. of the Ark of the Covenant. Like yeah, he's gonna, yeah. Oh, well, you've got you've got to believe, have faith. I'll be like, yeah, it's not a problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, <coughs> I've seen I've seen the effect of like supernatural. I'm pretty good with believing. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> so, that's true. You would yeah, you you would think. I don't know the human mind. Maybe he's um, <laughs> locked that away somewhere <laughs> in his brain. Um, maybe. But, but, but he he know, definitely doesn't he do, he doesn't he doesn't have faith I mean mm. um, but but he has to do it anyway it's the only only resort that, that is left to him um, but he uses not not only faith uh, at the beginning though you, you've got to crack a few riddles um, mm. and I love this one of the most quoted things that me and my friends used to always do would be the uh, the penitent the penitent man yeah, yeah. past the penitent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, reciting that over and over uh, but very very smart from Indy um, cat like reflexes yes I, I like it yeah, the penitent so he sort of yeah, the penitent kneels before God yeah. I didn't realise they had to but I didn't realise they then had to do a somersault as well so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's uh, it's very good because I, I like the fact that these these first three or these these final three booby traps aren't supernatural. They are they're sort of I mean they are probably a bit more technical than they probably had the ability to do, but mm. they're not supernatural. So there's like there these two sort of uh, rotating blades, and then it's um, you have to spell out the word of God, which is the, the name of God, which is Jehovah, uh, mm. and of course in the um, in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah begins with an I. As yeah. I've learned from this film, yes, me too. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so you know you get that, and it's uh, and then goes to the uh, the uh, was it the uh, the step from the lion's mouth, the lion's and, mouth, yeah, and that was just, brilliant. It's just, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's just a disguised bridge. It's a very narrow it bridge, but it's a disguised bridge. Um, and so I love, I do, I love those three booby yeah. traps. I think would really would cool. you would you have Stuck your foot out there, Scott. If you were in that predicament, oh, that's a big leap of faith, like what Indy it is does. A leap and of, that's it, a leap of faith on the line. Oh. Uh, I don't know. 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have tried to jump it or something. Or something. I wouldn't have yeah. set my foot out and just fallen forward like any did. But um, yeah, brilliant that he did. And and I love it because it's so ingenious and it's it's nothing supernatural as you say. It's just smart um, yeah. use of perspective, use of you know illusion. It's it's good. Because uh, I like the reveal, because it does, it's sort of like the camera pans around and you see there's mm. actually a bridge there and stuff. So it's, yeah. it is, it's but, very cool. But um, it makes it makes sense as well, because the mouth where the lion's head is, um, mm. you, you don't have enough room to actually look around. You, you're forced to look straight on. And, and yeah. I think that's, um, so technically, if you, you know, you really think about it, it's like, yeah, that, that would work because you wouldn't be, you know, people would say, oh, look why don't you look at it at a different angle? You can't because you're, you're kind of stuck in that little opening. Um, yeah, so that way it addresses dying, it? that. Yeah. 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 No, it's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's a good. And so they are, they, they do pay off and then he finally gets to the sort of the, the, uh, the room that contains all these multiple cups and yes. the final brother, the sort of the, the night, uh, temple yeah. has been there sort of hundreds of years protecting these things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Which is I, the first like kind the of supernatural. He's in black and white. Like he's like a grey yes. blue. Like almost. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and you get the cups of Christ. So what? What are your thoughts about this final bit then? Sort of the the room of the cups of Christ. Oh, I loved it. I mean, again, um, mm. they don't overplay the supernatural elements because at the moment it was all a, it was all a big adventure. Um, everything was grounded in in some sort of reality. Um, so this is the first instance that. It's like, oh my God, there's a knight here, and he's he's immortal, or he's a spectre, or he's something. Um, but it was done well. It wasn't. It, it didn't come across as too cheesy for me. Um, I love this idea about the Grails being hidden amongst. Uh, is is that? Is there some sort of um, legend or lore about that? Because it it kind of rings true about a Grail um, concealed amongst a whole lot of cups. I don't know if that that was just made up for this film. But I love the idea of, of, of it being disguised like that and you have to choose. Um, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, I liked how the knight kind of pondered at Indy's um, attire. Now, this yeah. is pretty weird looking, uh, you know. Um, and he knew that, he kind of had a feeling that Indy was going to be his successor. Um, so, um, yeah, no, it was really good. Um, but followed shortly by Donovan and, and Elsa. Um, uh, again, we get a bit of a horror thing at the end. Um, not as good as um, mm. the, the melting face mm. in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but uh, just as horrific um, and, and right in front of Elsa's face as well. So um, she kind of yeah. gets her just desserts. <laughs> yeah, sort of, but let's, oh, there's something about that. So the, the question mm. is, <clears throat> so they come in and the knight looks a bit confused and he actually says to them, like, you know, you have to choose. You know, choose yes. wisely. Oh, yes, um, yes. He says sort of... Um, uh, and this is interesting because it's something I'll, I'll come up in a bit. But um, drinking from the, the the actual cup of Christ can grant extended life mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. D- uh, choose poorly, and if you choose from a drug, it will c- cause death. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Bro, uh, Brody sort of uh, Donovan sends Elsa. Says, "Go, basically, go choose one." Yeah. And she chooses this really gaudy sort of like gold yeah. um, chalice with diamonds and jewels and shit all over it. And gives it to him. He says, "Oh, this is this looks like the cup of you know the cup of a, the king, the king of kings." Did she do that on purpose to kill Donovan, or did she just make a really poor choice? Oh no, I think she. I think she chose. She knew that. Um, I think she wanted him out of the way. Uh, her right. her end goal was the Grail as well. Yeah, like, for herself. 
Yeah, you see towards the end her greed. Um, mm. Yeah, she wanted him gone. Um, and, and she it was a bit ambiguous. She had plans, apparently, to share it with Indiana. Um, whether mm. or not that was another lie, just to kind of, you know, further herself. Um, mm. But you see her, like, grab it. Um, before she kind of drops it and saying, you know, we've got it. We can we can do this together. So yeah, no, for sure, she she had no allegiance to Donovan. No. So yeah, so she gives him this cup, and like you say, he ages like you know exponentially. His hair all grows, his skin sort of goes all grey, gets mummified, and he just sort of turns what to is dust. happening to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love and I love the knight's reaction. He just sort of looks at them both because he chose poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so then Indy has to choose a cup, and he chooses a small sort of like wooden, uh, very small, modest sort of wooden cup. And so this yeah. is the cup of a carpenter. Yeah. Or oh, it's not even, it's like a brass, or it's like a very worn, tatty looking mm. thing. And yeah. that is, that's the actual cup of Christ. Well, that, um, that had, um, I had my heart in my mouth there when I was first mm. watching this, because he's putting his life on the line. He just saw mm. what happened to Donovan. And it's like a one in fifty chance because there are like fifty or so cups there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very exciting stuff. It is. It's, 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 you know, it's played well, and then like so he uses that. It works, and then he obviously fills it with water, rushes back, and uses it then to um, uh, save Henry sort of on the bullet wound that he's got, which is great. And mm-hmm. it feet, he obviously and he pours uh, some in his mouth. And it saves him, and all the soldiers are like shit, and sort of run off. Um, <laughs> but then there's a thing of like you can't take it a pass across the seal. There's a great yes. seal on the floor, and Elsa does it, and the building starts to fall apart, and all this other stuff. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of that's the sort of the final piece, really. Uh, and they lose the Grail, and this is the thing where again you get this final moment of of acceptance between father and son of sort yeah. of like, he's like I can reach it dad and mm-hmm. instead of calling him junior he says like he says Indy you know take my hand um and uh yeah it's just it's just I think it's just you know this is the final sort of like this their relationship it's them sort of like bridging that gap and it's sort of like you know he's he wants to save Indy so um, yeah. yeah, these final moments. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I thought that scene was very well done as well because again, it was set up with with Elsa in the same predicament. Um, Indy was holding onto her. Mm. Says, you got to you got to grab my hand. I can't hold you much longer. But her greed got the better of her. And then before you know it, Indy is in exactly the same predicament. Uh, but it, again, it shows his character and and. Um, you know he's not like Elsa at all, uh, and he listens to his father. I I, I loved it. I I think the um it was a great a great way to end it. You know, big bells and whistles, the whole temple mm. kind of crumbling. Um, this whole thing about not crossing the seal uh, was brilliant. I did think originally, um, you know, when Indy did drink from the from the um the water, the fountain, um, would he then have an extended life? Because because they talk about the brothers, I think, before, yep. had drunk from it, and, and they hadn't been stuck. There's nothing to do with the seal. I'm assuming the seal came later on. Mm. Um, but they lived to an extended age. So I, when I first watched it, I was always wondering, does that mean that Indy is kind of not immortal, but he's, um, you know, going to have an extended life? It has an extended life. life. Well, this, yeah. is, this is sort of comes to my final sort of thoughts about this film, because you're very original, because I've always thought that. Yeah. So he drank from the cup of Christ, which is supposed to give you extended life. Yeah. And you're right, the brothers led lived to well into sort of I think one of them was 160 something, and one was 180 yeah. or something like that. And obviously, the one that's in the tomb has been having yeah, sips yeah. of it daily because he's been there for hundreds of years. <laughs> um, 
And so you sort of the question is, okay, so that means that both Henry Jones and Indiana Jones have now got extended life. Yeah. So for me, this is this is what I think this film was supposed to and should have remained the um, um, right the last of the series. Because mm-hmm. if you and also the thing I said, in, you know, we talked about the young Indiana Jones series. Yeah. One of the final episodes has a an old Indiana Jones in his late nineties. I think it's maybe ninety six, ninety seven. And he's sort of in, living in New York, and he's sort of like, you know, sort of, they've got some old guy to do it and stuff. Mm. And he's still quite spry and all sort of stuff. And the suggestion is that even at 96, like he's still going, not on adventures, but he's still doing pretty well. You know what I mean? Okay. <clears throat> Which sort of indicates that, oh, yeah, so that this extended life thing may have been canon. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you sort of have that. Um, and the other thing is, like, so this film's called The Last Crusade. Yes. Oh, okay, right. It resolves, um, I mean, you know, it's not been part of the previous film, but it resolves a, a parental relationship. So it's sort of, it's bringing sort of, um, you know, it's trying to sort of resolve an arc for Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. The last part of the film, the, I mean, the, the thing is, they're literally searching for the Holy Grail, which, you know, is in sort of often in parlance is used as that sort of like the ultimate thing. The, oh, ultimate. Yes, the Holy Grail, we're searching for that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and the film literally ends with them riding off into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's got all the hallmarks of really a, a beautiful tie-up to to mm. a trilogy. Um, I could not agree with you more. I, I think it really does round off everything. It explains everything. You, you you feel like you know Indiana Jones inside out now because you, you've got his history. You've got a lot of the, the references now explained. Um, yeah, it's... I, yeah, I, I fear for... Because, you know, I love the Die Hard series as well um mm. but i have been very hesitant to watch the latter ones because uh, i think it's, it's just kind of sullied the whole franchise mm. um and i fear that this is what's happening with indiana jones as well although we still have harrison ford it's just not the same um no and and uh, th- I mean, there it, are some yeah some bright bits but not enough yeah, yeah. i mean I, I love this film and i'll say like you know so I, I, from start to finish i think last crusade is is wonderful. It's yeah. it's a wonderful film. It's a wonderful Indiana Jones film, um, <clears throat> and should have been and remained the the final film. I think that would have been a great yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Um, but we are going around. So, what are your final thoughts just on Last Crusade before we jump into Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Um, look, just final thoughts. Uh, this is probably one of the most quoted films, <laughs> um, certainly from Indiana Jones that myself and my friends have have done as we've grown up. Um, Going back, I love the, um, you know, this is how we say goodbye in Austria, Dr. Jones. <laughs> this is how we say goodbye in Germany. <laughs> I think I much like the, the, the way they say goodbye in Austria. Uh, that sort of stuff. Um, the thing with Marcus Brody. Uh, just, um, so there are just so many little bits here. And you know you've got a good film when, when things are, are quotable because they're obviously memorable. Um, and anyway, I think this is a culmination of what Spielberg and Lucas, what they've been trying to do um, when they set out with the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I didn't, I can't say that they necessarily got better from Raiders of the Lost Ark to Temple of Doom, but by 1989, I think they knew in Spielberg's um, skills. Um, had come to a particular level that he knew exactly how to craft what he wanted to craft with this and uh, everything aligned I think the writing the actors um, it, I cannot lord this enough I, I absolutely love this film I can rewatch this over and over again it's up there with Predator Scott mm. <laughs> it's up there with yeah. Predator no I totally agree yeah I think, yeah uh, last reason, it, it's 
Raiders is, is, is iconic, but yeah. I, I I honestly think Last Crusade, and people may have something to say about this, I honestly think Last Crusade is my favourite and possibly the best Indiana Jones film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is hard to say about many trilogies. They don't usually end on a high. It note. is very hard. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so we do. We jump to 20 years later, to 2008, <laughs> and the release of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I, I'm going to be honest, I don't want to spend a great deal of time on this film because it makes me angry. But <laughs> okay. um, it yep. came out in 2008. I was excited. I remember sort of seeing things. And mm. then the trailer came out, and I remember seeing the trailer, and I was like, oh... Oh this, oh, this doesn't yeah. look great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it has, it has all the. I mean, it still retains a lot of um, the ingredients, say, of what makes up an Indiana Jones film. Um, mm. First of all, I th- yeah, I mean, I was kind of off put by by it as well. Um, I'm going to say that one of the main, I think, flaws for me, for it is. Um, for this film, is that it's set in the in the sixties, um, and and although period pieces are great, and and they do the sixties uh, looks like oh, really 50s. well. Fifty seven. Fifty seven. Oh, okay. So 50, mm-hmm. okay. Well, st- still, it's a good you know twenty years mm-hmm. after. Um, it doesn't have that um, that pulpy kind no. of charm to it that the others had. So uh, uh, straight away there's a different kind of tone to it. And and second to that, um Indiana Jones Harrison Ford as much as I love him as an actor as much as I do and in his action in this, I mean he's still quite spry as well or or his stuntman is um in, in any mm-hmm. case. It's just not the same indie. I mean he doesn't have that energy that Indiana Jones has. It, it just it, it just comes across he comes across as a little bit fatigued. Um yeah. And that's because he's older, of course. And and thirdly as well, I think this whole... I was off-put by him being a colonel as well and having such a military... It's interesting that you mentioned that in the TV show, it shows how he worked through World War One and all that. And, mm. and apparently now he's got medals and he's, he's reached the, the rank of colonel. Um, and he's now become something a bit more than just a, a, um, a treasure hunter. He's yeah. um he's a, like officialized and and it's just I don't know it's just it's not Indiana Jones as I as I kind of see him. I totally agree. I think that the, yeah. yeah, there's some things in this that sort of like I said that work, and other the majority don't. I mean, one of the other big mm. things for me is and we've talked about it in the past, um, the past films. It was all practical, like you know the the, yeah. the, the things to mention is you know, even when things were done on set, like the opening part of Raiders of the Lost Ark, that boulder. Yeah, sure, that's yeah. all done on a set, but they, it looked great and it's timed well with actual on-location shoots. Um, and then, you know, in Temple of Doom, they've got some great, you know, stuff oh, actually yeah. shot in India and on the back of elephants and all that sort mm. of stuff. And then in Raiders, all the stuff on the on Last Crusade, all the stuff on the back of a tank and in Venice and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nothing in this, nothing in this film feels like it wasn't shot on the back of a, you know, on the back of a, a, a film lot somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, or in a green screen, like it looks, it just looks. Do you know what this fight film reminded me of? It reminded mm-hmm. me of the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Totally see that. That's that's how it felt for me. Um, but you you totally right about the rest. I mean, I'll, I'll just crack on with the plot just to yeah, give us sure. again, sort of like directed by Steven Spielberg, written by David David Coep, uh, who has done great things actually. Uh, story by George Lucas. Uh, it stars Hin- uh, Indiana Jones as um, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, uh, Kate Blanchett as Irana Spalco, 
Uh, Karen Allen returns as Marion Ravenwood. Shia LaBeouf comes in as Mutt Williams. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, Ray Winston <laughs> as Mac. John Hurt as Professor Oxley. And Jim Broadbent as stand-in for uh, Marcus Brody. Mm. Dean St- uh, Stanforth. <clears throat> so, the plot for this really is you get you get... Um, it's set in the 50s and the desire from Spielberg and Lucas and that was to move with the times and so you'd had all the pulp adventures as you said the adventure yeah. things of the 30s and 40s had moved to become science fiction films of the 50s so the whole film is based around a crystal skull uh, and it starts by a, a, um, a an attack uh, a break in at area 51 mm. uh, and a chase through that which results in a nuclear explosion, uh, which Indy survives by sitting in a fridge. <laughs> a lead-lined <laughs> um, fridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. then, basically, the film progresses from there as he returns to uh, to uh, university. Oh, he doesn't, actually. He gets taken in by the feds uh, yeah. and questioned. And then when he returns, he, he is introduced to Mutt Williams, who's a young sort of greaser, um, who tells him that Professor Oxley has gone missing and they basically go on an adventure to find Oxley and in doing so they uncover a crystal skull and have to return it back to the the sort of lost city of gold and um, to whoever lives there and by this point I've lost complete interest (laughs) however the first 10 minutes of this film promise something that doesn't pay off. So this whole mm. thing of, sort of like the break into Area Fifty One and where they use the gunpowder um, to, to oh, find yeah. the, um, the the chest with the alien in, mm. uh, and then the chase out, you know, and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Up until Indy gets into the testing town, the nuclear testing town, is yeah. actually all right. That first yeah. ten minutes, I'm all right with it. <laughs> Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, look, I when I first saw it, um, I, I'd probably agree as well. Uh, the first ten minutes or so that kind of interested me because it was an introduction. We everyone was hankering to see Indiana Jones again. Mm. We saw him. He did. He did well. I loved him scaling those those um those uh, containers um, mm. using the gunpowder. That was fun. His theme came in when he swung down. Um, so you get him evading gunshots again. It was all a lot of fun. Um, same with the nuclear blast and him going. I thought that that was just that was fun. I mean, a, a level of disbelief you've got to suspend yeah. there. <laughs> but uh, off he goes in the fridge. Um, so first watch, and, and then it kind of goes downhill. Like when I rewatched it just last week. Week, uh, I think I made a lot of peace with myself um, <laughs> for for this film because mm. I I honestly I enjoyed it a lot more than when I first saw it. Um, I guess maybe because I knew what to expect. I knew it wasn't going to be um, it's going wasn't going to be the, the the same heights or the scale mm. of, of Last Crusade, and so mm. I just kind of went with the flow and. Um, yeah, so anyway, just back to your point about the first 10 minutes. I, th- I thought it was well done. I thought it was good. The only thing that was kind of... And I actually, I didn't mind the alien um, twist to it as well because there's always there was always a supernatural or a out-of-world element to Indiana Jones. And for this, it was aliens. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I think it was the, it was the settings. They say the 50s... Um, uh, which kind of, yeah, really, really threw me... Um, but no, I actually I enjoyed the performances. Kate Blanchett, she was really good. I I loved her in it. Um, I, she had. I'll agree, actually, I will agree with that. I think I actually yeah. quite like. I like Kate Blanchett anyway. I think I do think she's really good in this. 
Yeah, and, and actually, I didn't like Shia Balouf first, but then when I did this mm. rewatch, um, he does he does okay. He does fine. I mean, he's meant to be a, a bit of an upstart, um, and I think he played it. I think he played it well. Um, so, uh, but I'm not I'm not a fan of kind of this era unless it's um, around Back to the Future or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't I don't see it with Indiana Jones. Um, so yeah, um, no. but the action scenes were fun. I don't know. They were all kind of done well. It's interesting. I mean, the thing is, like you said, the, you say about the alien at the beginning. The, the, the thing I'd mention is when when you go back to the, origi- the, the, the original trilogy, one of the key things that we've said is that the sort of the supernatural is kept to a minimum. You know, it's mm, almost yes. like a payoff. So yep. there's nothing supernatural in the opening of um, Raiders. You know, it's not really until the very end when you get to see the arc opened and yes. the spirits all come out. And with Temple of Doom, you get some sort of inkling of it about you know two thirds of the way through when you see the guy's heart removed but it's yep. not really till the end again when you see the sort of the hearts be, you know and indy's doing the chant and they heat up and fall into the river and stuff like you know the, the, again mm. the supernatural is kept to a minimum and yep. then with raiders um, sorry last crusade again like the real supernatural is not till the very end when you yep. see the cup of christ and, the, and its reju- rejuvenation powers um with this within the first like 10 minutes they're like i don't know aliens exist Here's one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was a bit like, oh, so you're not going to make this ambiguous in the slightest. Like, yeah. it literally is. You've, okay, aliens are, f- all right, fine. Like, yeah. and that's where I was a bit like, okay, this is different. It's a different Indiana Jones film. It's a slightly different take. Um, yeah. And so yeah. that's sort of, you know, and then, like I said, when he gets, when he survives a nuclear explosion, and again, like you said, I know they're <laughs> fantasy, but it's yeah. always been. There's always been a sort of element of reality, like you know, yes. whenever he fights, he's been beaten up, like you know, he's had yeah. to recover, like or But to be blown up in a nuclear explosion and survive in a fridge, and then more than that, he opens the fridge, falls out, and there's a gopher sat there, and it's like, oh, you're going for jokes <laughs> that aren't <laughs> funny. Like I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I will agree with you. There, I mean, look. Hey, if there is a nuclear holocaust, Scott, I am running to my fridge. I don't know about you. But <laughs> I'm gonna, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, the tone was just off. I mean, and and exactly right. I mean, it was laid out at the beginning with aliens, and it's like no, like it, nah, it just it just didn't feel right. I mean, and I know that that you you can't just rehash things over and over again. But what Last Crusade showed is that you can take the elements. Um, you can stick with it, but you can you can still make it a very successful film. So there's no reason why they couldn't follow a particular, say, formula, but mm. um, maybe inject something different. Um, but I think they got it wrong with 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 trying to go with the times. I, I, but having said that as well, you've got an older Indiana Jones, so you're gonna have to explain that somehow. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and I'm and I'm happy with the sort of the I'm sort of happy with the time shift, you know, mm. going into the fifties and again like introducing a younger um a younger sort of side you know, sort of companion mm. that can um can then complete some of the more action heavy scenes. Yeah. Um it's just the fact that, again, like, again, like I say, Shia LaBeouf isn't actually a terrible actor. I actually think he's pretty no. good. He does yeah. he does fine with what he's given, like with the yeah. character. Um yeah, I think they, that, the, you know, it's almost, I don't know, it, it just, it's, there's some great, I mean, you know, again, there's some actually good gags in this that they do pay off, like, you know, yeah. the whole thing where he sort of, um, 
when Indy's talking to him, he says, what do you do? So I'm a mechanic. I dropped out of school and I've become a mechanic. And he's like, oh, he said, you, he says, it's just what I've got a passion for. He's like, well, don't tell, don't let anybody oh, yeah. tell you different. You know, you yeah. do what you love and don't let anybody tell you different. Yeah. But then when he does find out it's his son, he's like, well, you're going back to school because you get an <laughs> education. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, there are some great moments here as well. Um, I remember laughing out loud in the uh, in the cinemas with um, that action scene with Shia LaBeouf um, um, standing in between the two cars and, and mm. you know, the foliage just whacking him in the crotch over and over again. And a very simple juvenile humour. But it, it was just... I found that hilarious. Um, so um, th- there are some bits of humour here that work. Um, and, and, again... I like the way that he's actually tied in. You mentioned the big reveal, like he's the son of Indiana mm. Jones and Marianne, and and it was great to have her back. It kind of rounded, if anything, it, it did kind of res- resolve that in a little in a little bit. Um, that they did have a uh, that 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 she was his kind of um, true love. I mean, we saw no chem- chemistry between uh, Indiana Jones and Willie. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Elsa was, you know, she's she's like twenty thousand feet underground somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, so Marianne's the only one really left, but she was the original. So mm. I, I like that kind of cyclical thing about she's back again, uh, and she's the mum to 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 Mutt. So um, I, I kind of like that. Um, and also, again, there's that little touch at the end where Shia Shire or however you call him, uh, he picks up the hat. Because it because it rolls in um, down the aisle as they as they got married at the end, and he thinks about putting it on, but then Indiana Jones just takes it off him and wears it still. I think that was a nice little touch, saying, "Ah, uh-uh, no, no, no." <laughs> um, if if any of the viewers thought that Shire is going to be taking on the new mantle as Indiana Jones, no, nah. it's it's still pretty much with Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, he's not in he's not on the cast list for the new film, so. Oh, yeah. um, oh. Uh, well, he hated yeah, he hated it. this film, didn't he? Didn't he like he he um yes. he panned it, and and Harrison Ford was really angry at him. Apparently, saying you got to be professional, mm. you can't just slander your own your own work, blah 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 blah. But you know how Shia LaBeouf is. Yeah, he's a bit of an odd one, isn't he? But yeah, no, he hated yeah. this film. He didn't hate. He didn't enjoy being in it. He didn't like the the, the base product. So mm. yeah, he was a bit upset. But um, the the problem I, the problems with this film is I say going through the plot, it's sort of. It is fine, like you say. You know, I've read a lot of the ex- additional sort of Indiana Jones material, comics, books, you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of things, and um, they do sort of sometimes they do go into this sort of sci-fi realm, and they work okay. okay. But as you say, he's more of a sort of a pulp sort of. You know, it's the sort of supernatural really where he works better, um, and it's fine again, sort of like you know, I, I like him having this side, this sort of like younger sidekick, mm-hmm. um, especially as an older who can take off some of the action. I just think that the the, the the issue comes for me in you know uh, Harrison Ford's great again. He's fine as Indiana Jones. And I kind of like him having having this um, you know older gruffer sort of thing of sort of like been there done that. Yeah. Um, the problems I have is sort of with the filmmaking. Like I say it all looks like it belongs on a plot. Like everything feels very yeah. enclosed. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Nope. When they're in the jungle or even when they're in that sort of t- uh, the 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 big city at the end, like it never feels expansive. Like the, the the thing with the other films is that you, you felt the locations. You could feel yeah. that it was a part of something. It just, I just never feel it with this film. It makes a big um, difference, doesn't it? It makes a it big re- difference when you're on, on location. It really does. So makes yeah. a difference. But the other thing is, 
when you sort of find out that he sort of like so Indy sort of has his friend called Mac and Mac was you know was an MI6 agent and they worked together oh, during yeah. the war running 30 40 missions whatever and all of a sudden I'm thinking that that sounds like a better film <laughs> yeah I want to yeah. go see, I want to go see that <laughs> yeah yeah um so that, that so, was yeah. um that was Ray Winston right yes yeah yeah, yeah. So there's other stuff that I'm thinking that sounds like a better film. Can I, can we get some of that, like that story? Uh, yeah. And you you never do. Um, so it, yeah, there's just bits and pieces throughout it that sort of like eh, it's fine. You know, yeah. the bit where they sort of they have the motorbike chasing this through through um, Stanford oh, yeah. or whatever it is. That's that pretty good. Yeah, that was cool. Um, like going yeah. under in the library, going under all the tables. I thought that was pretty cool. And, yeah, and, and you know, yeah, he's what are you saying? Um, uh, it's you're not going to find all the answers in the books or something. He's yeah, telling you yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you need to go out in the field. Don't spend all yeah. your time in the museum. That's yeah. yeah. It's uh, and again, like there's moments like that. I'm thinking, oh, that's that. I can that that feels like the old sort of style of Indiana Jones. Mm. Um, and then like I say, it just sort of it sort of falls by the wayside again. And, and this whole thing. I mean, again, John Hurt's character as, as Professor Oxley, as mm. who's obviously been possessed or sort of like uh, um, impacted by this crystal skull. Um, has become sort of like a you know a bit of a, a bumbling sort of um, fool because yep. of it. Like he's you know it's obviously taken away all of his mind. Uh, you know it's fine again, but it's sort of you're never quite sure if it's supposed to be paid played for pathos or for humour. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah, there's where where the previous films had a bit of heart or whatever. Like this film just seems to lack it. Like I don't, you know, you've had that yeah. father relationship, that father son relationship resolved in in Last Crusade. And then you're trying to, they're trying to maybe go for a similar dynamic here, but it just never seems to get to the same, you know, oh, no. uh, resolution or, or thing as, as as Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. Um, but yeah, so but um, there was a, there was a moment in this film where it falls just falls off a cliff for me. It just falls <laughs> off a bloody cliff. Yeah. Um, so like the, the room, like I say up and down, up and down to begin like that first sort of half. I'm yeah. fine with. There's bits where I'm like, okay, I get that. That's fine. They go to the old Mayan uh, ruins, and there's those mm-hmm. sort of like little Mayan ninjas oh, kicking they're their cool. ass. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're quite cool. And then after they find the crystal skull and all that stuff, when they get to the jungle, all right, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got these massive like things cutting down trees that the Russians have created, and then there's a chase through the jungle. And as you sort of said, some of it's not too bad, right? But you get yeah. this chase. For the skull, and they're jumping from one vehicle to the next, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And it's, again, it starts off, and I'm like, oh, interesting. I see what they're doing. Looks very CGI heavy, but oh, I'm yeah, fine very. with that if it looks yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Then it gets to the end of it, and you get three things which just <laughs> throw me out of this film. Yeah. The first one is yeah. the ants. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Those those ants, which just uh, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain them. They just sort of <laughs> okay. like killer ants. Yeah. Then, then there's, then there's Mutt Williams becoming Tarzan and swinging with a bunch of monkeys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which yes. I'm like, all right, okay, that's two down. And then you have Marion Ravenwood, who Carol Allen's fine in this film. I think she, mm-hmm. you know, she's does fine with what she's given and everything. But she's sort of like she's driving like a, a, a I don't know, like a jeep boat thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she she drives it off a cliff, and she's yeah. like, no, it'll be fine, <laughs> knowing it'll be fine. Yeah. Lands in a tree. The tree then takes them down quite gently to the river, and she's like, yeah. "See," and then they go over three waterfalls. 
Yes. And it's almost like it's done like for, it's played. For, you said you said about the previous ones being slightly cartoonish. Yes. This is Tom and Jerry level ridiculousness. This is yeah, that is look. I, <laughs> I laughed, but I didn't mind the ants. I thought the ants were pretty cool, um, only because it, it gave us a little bit of that horror bit where one of those German uh, the the main Russian sorry Russian guy mm. he gets kind of eaten and you see another another German um, getting put uh, not German another Russian getting taken yeah. into the ant hill uh, I thought that was I thought that was nice the, the swinging on the trees oh, absolutely ridiculous I laughed at when they when they were going off the waterfall I like <laughs> I'm just like that's almost by the third time they get to that huge one they're but they're mm. all going. This is just ridiculous. Come on, <laughs> I mean, like it's the biggest waterfall. They all they all fall off. It was yeah, um, very cartoonish. And I think in yeah in this instance it's too cartoonish. You know, if we would compare it to the Indiana Jones, I don't know if you can measure it, measure it in subtlety. But yeah, this was just really in your face. Swinging with the monkeys. I mean, no. It, especially when it's released two thousand and eight, the audiences aren't going to buy that. You know, they're not no. going to buy that. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's uh, audiences it may- change over the decades, and um, what works in, in, in one time and be- and becomes a classic, and you look back on it and you and you enjoy it, is not going to work if you do it in a modern, a modern uh, film. No, I. The thing was, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, mm. if you were to have released sort of, um, you know, the previous three. Um, in the early 2000s, like, would they have landed? Would they still be the classics that they are today? Mm. Mm, good point, because it depends on what they're competing with. I had a quick look, and I've, I've literally just rechecked it. I wanted to see what this film was competing against, because mm-hmm. it's obviously trying to sort of fit into that realm. And I think, I, do you know what this film feels like to me? I've said about the prequels, and the prequels were obviously sort of like um, 2000, was it 1999, 2002, 2004, 2005, something like that. So mm-hmm. you sort of beyond, a little bit beyond those. But you're also competing then with Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, yeah. And that also feels quite heavy on this. You know, that, that right. sort of ridiculous level of action. Yes. Um, but, but then the you get... Sorry? Oh. Uh, but then you get also 2008. Wasn't that also Iron Man as well? It was. Which, was, uh, which I think blew action out of the water. I mean, it's still a great film on, on a rewatch. Um, but that's mm. totally different. There's no over the... Like I say, now, there's no over-the-top cartoonish like, levels there. There's a bit of comedy in it, sure, but it's nothing mm. like, you know, like this or Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, the difference is, I think this is sort of... Pirates of the Caribbean, that first one was sort of 2003, something like that, and then you've got yeah. the second two, 2006, 2007, so it's competing with sort of those, you know, those sort of films. Yeah. And they have, like, extraordinary levels of action and some ridiculousness as well, like, you know, massive monsters, yeah. big sort of, like, ships and, and supernatural sort of entities. But the, the, the differences between them and that is that whatever they put into Pirates of the Caribbean, one of the things they were determined to do was be shoot on location. Yeah. So, again, like, you know, when you see sort of, like, um, Tartuga or any of those other places, like, oh, they're being shot in, they're being shot in Jamaica or they're being shot somewhere mm-hmm. that looks cool. And again, like this, just feels so. Sm- it feels like a big that's, film, yeah. but feels small. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what. But I do honestly think they are trying to compete with. Oh, we've got to, We've got to try and outdo Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever. And it just doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Yeah. To, to, yeah, to the detriment of the of the characters, you know, because yeah, yeah. you've got a greaser who's swinging off vines with monkeys, like. 
that just it doesn't work like no <laughs> you know any human being can't just freely swing off you know trees like that it's, it's yeah it's just it's a bit a bit crazy and and that tree didn't it also with that boat didn't it also then swat um away yes. some some russian <laughs> russians oh, yeah. again so yeah it's very very um yeah over the top so yeah, and then you have to get to the end. They've they've got the skull, and I'm, I'm not even going to go into the plot like we have with others because I just don't think it deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> they finally get the skull and they return it, <clears throat> and you get like the final, the end of the films. The, the the final of the last three has always been this notion of sort of like you get a glimpse of the supernatural. Like the majority yep. of films in reality, but you get a glimpse of the supernatural. Like there's something greater, but you're not going to be told everything. Yeah, and with this, it literally ends with the aliens explaining everything, sort of to an extent of like we're from, you know, not telling them, but you get it all like, throughout the film, like Indy's yeah. sort of espousing exposition, and then you get the aliens becoming an, an alien at the end, yeah. and you see the alien, and it kills Irana Spelko because she wants all the information, and then you see a UFO take off. Yeah, and I, I know. Just, it was yeah. It just there's too much on the on the nose. If if that's mm-hmm. I guess the way you can explain it. it <laughs> there's no subtlety in it. Um, nope. Everything is being thrown at you. Um, everything has been trying to dazzle you, like um, mm-hmm. with, with yeah. And, and I say that with um, they try to dazzle, dazzle you with you know with money, like you, you know with the effects and all that. It, mm-hmm. It's not. Um, you don't appreciate like the skills and stuff of you know, all the old school stunts and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, that, and that that last line that Oxley says, it's the space between spaces. I mean, I remember again laughing out loud <laughs> in the cinema. You're not, it's not meant to be funny, but it's like, oh no. god, this eye rolling kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just so corny. Um, yeah, didn't. Um, didn't really appreciate it at all, and, and the ending again on the rewatch, um, I just found it interesting because I'd only seen it once in the cinema, cinema before. I thought that was enough, but I thought you know I better better do a rewatch. Um, and and I mentioned I I did kind of enjoy this a lot more, um, but for kind of not the same sort of enjoyment as when mm. I enjoyed Last Crusade. Um, but yeah, it's uh, no, it's, it's I mean it's better than some films. It's fine, but comparing it to the previous three, like. No, yeah, just, well, it's, yeah. It's... When you compare it, when you have to compare it to its predecessors, then that's when it falls flat. Maybe if you take it as a just as as a as a, an action film, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and somehow distance yourself that this is Indiana Jones and and there are three films before it. If you somehow just detach it, um, it, it's just it's fun, you know. But it's it's just not Indiana Jones. That's that's kind of the best way that I can sum it up. It's not. Yeah what we'd expect or it's it's not the the style it doesn't have that i think i think yeah a way to sort of to sum this film up a little bit as well about it, about its excesses is in previous films there's always sort of like you say there's nods especially in last crusade yep. there's some easter eggs and nods to some yeah. previous things so when they go to see or when they're looking for uh, the knights one of the brothers in under venice there's a depiction of the um uh ark of the covenant on the wall mm-hmm. and uh, and Elsa says oh, what's that and she says, oh, it's the Ark of the Covenant he says are you sure and he's oh, like yes. I'm pretty sure yes yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I remember that yeah yeah and that's and that's, a, it's a, and that's it like it's just move on that's with it, this yeah. film they go to the Area 51 it's the big warehouse and to sort of prove to you that it's the same place that was shown at the end of Raiders you literally get to see a cracked a smashed crate with the Ark of the Covenant in yeah yeah 
Yeah. And it's a bit. It's that same thing of like instead of a subtle nod, it's like, look at this. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the old films? They were yeah. great. And you're like, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. I, might, I might go watch those instead. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is this something that you would? <sighs> you're talking about watching. Would you rewatch this? Like just add it on Blu-ray. I picked. Yeah. It. Do you know what? I, do you know why I picked this up? Because I, I actually had this. I've got. Um, I've got the original trilogy on. Um, you know, Rangers through Last Crusade. I've got them in the steel book editions, mm-hmm. so oh, I, nice. I really like them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I actually had the uh, King of the Crystal Skull on blue on steel book as well. And I was like, oh. I don't want that, so I sold oh. it. And I, I picked up, I picked up this Blu-ray from a pound shop. Oh, okay, right. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from a pound shop. That's yeah. that's where it is currently. In uh, you know, <laughs> I can pick this up from a pound shop for a pound on Blu-ray. Yeah. I I can um, just imagine your steel book of the first three, proudly presented on a display cabinet somewhere in your home, <laughs> just dusted off. And I can imagine this Blu-ray is in the corner somewhere underneath some newspapers or you know. It lives. It lives in a box with some other Blu-rays in the attic, and, and when it, if and when it needs to be pulled out, it will be. But until then, it's it's being punished. It's staying up there. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But let but let's round this out there. So if let's do if you were to two two questions, I will say. So if you were to uh, to rank these, uh, mm-hmm. what order would you put them in? The four films. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. Um, you mentioned that you were tentative about, you know, calling. Last Crusade, your favourite? I, I would put, for me, I'd put Last Crusade up at the top um, just because I think it's a culmination of, of everything that is that the creators wanted to, to instil into Indiana Jones um, and it's done very successfully. Um, I'd follow that with Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, because it's a very strong film. Um, we mentioned before there are a couple of flat bits in it, which I felt that Last mm. Crusade didn't have any flat bits in it, even the expositiony bits. Um, so uh, you have the very the very strong opening as well. You can't go past that. Uh, then I'd probably give it to I mean Temple of Doom. Um, I mentioned I enjoyed that a lot more than what I remembered as well. Mm. So um, it, it's actually it's it's a lot higher. There's there's less of a distance between second and third for me now, whereas before I would have. Temple of Doom right down towards the bottom, uh, yeah, and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at the, at the bottom. Only because, um, you know, on its own, it, it, it's a decent enough action film, but it's not an Indiana Jones film. That's that's how I kind of see it. Um, so, because, uh, one final point on that, because I think one of the things that is different from that as well. You mentioned about how it, it is it is pretty cool that he has a sidekick and stuff. Um, the first three films, although he did have supporting casts, Indiana Jones pretty much did everything like he, he carried mm. it all he did all the um exciting bits uh, he had he had you know he had sala he had marianne and all that um short round but he pretty much he did think he was the hero of it um in in kingdom of the crystal skull is very much an ensemble and he kind of takes a back seat like because he can't i mean he's older uh, and so mm. you get you get mutt and you get marianne and you get um oh, oxley doesn't do much but that that little troop towards in the final act they you know they they're the ones that discover it and it's not like really indie i mean yeah he he it, to me he seems like he has a lesser role so yeah i i, I put that at the bottom for sure yeah and how about I, yourself I, no i do you know what, everything you i would mirror everything you've just said it's exactly oh. you know at this point i would say you know it is it's last crusade closely followed by raiders Yep. And then I say just as closely followed by Temple of Doom, which I do yeah. think I really enjoyed more so this time than ever before. Yeah. Um, and then and then down at the bottom uh, of the cliff uh, is <laughs> is uh, being thrown to the cor- um, yeah, right. 
the uh, the crocodiles um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. is is uh, King with the Crystal Skull. At, at the bottom of the third waterfall is. Um, That's is, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So the final question then, sort of, is, is to to really run this is we've got a fifth one allegedly coming. It's just been put back to 2022 yeah. um, because of obviously uh, unable to film during the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Harrison Ford, you know, he will be so in 2022. Let me just check. So. Uh, He will be 80 years old. My I gosh. Really? I just had to check. Yeah, so Harrison Ford will be uh, 80 years old in 2022. So what do we want from a action-adventure <laughs> film, which will be... So, again, so that, you know, they can change the years and that sort of thing, but let's not forget that no. um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was set in 57, so, mm. you know, they, they obviously kept the years difference. So this is going to have to be set, if they're going to keep some of it, at least in the 60s, so possibly into the late sixties. Um, what do we want from a an action adventure film set in the sixties um, with a, 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 an action star that will be hitting eighty? Oh, look, I reckon there's only one answer to this, and um, similar to those films like the film like Bullet, you, you just got to have Indiana Jones behind the wheel of a car, and all his <laughs> adventures just take him. You know, he, he can sit in the comfort of the car, but he can do his action scenes from behind the wheel because I cannot see him doing. I cannot see him swinging off his whip. I can't see him scaling a, uh, cutting cutting a bridge in half and and scaling that up. I, I can't see him do any of that at eighty. My God, no. Mm. Um, I'm very. I'm a little worried. Uh, but there's a little bit of me thinking that it can be done as long as they maybe minimise Harrison's involvement in the action. But then again, you're not going to get an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't yeah. know. It's <clears throat> it feels like one of those. And and for you know, I am one of these people that like more is always better. Like I'd love to see more content for these characters. And, yeah. You know, I'm 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 not adverse to Indiana Jones being recast and rebooted in some way. Like I'm not adverse to that. I'd mm. I'd be interested to see what they did. Yeah. But do I want to see sort of a, a you know, a, a Harrison? Ford, I mean, like you say, the guy's incredibly, you know, he's in great shape for someone of his age. I don't, you know, um, yeah. although he has had several plane crashes of late, so I don't oh. know how that affects him. Okay. Um, yeah, did he crash? He crashed into a golf course uh, oh, not wow. too long ago. Jeez. Um, and so it makes you wonder, sort of like, what what is this story going to be? Like, you know, yeah. maybe it will just be him teaching. Maybe it's just going to be Indiana Jones giving a lecture for an hour and a half. <laughs> could be. Actually, well, that that holds true to his character. He could be just in the, yeah, in the lecture theatre. Just yeah. two hours of him just uh, talking about, you know, um, okay, just talking about, I don't know, archaeology. Just, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm very, I don't know. I don't know. It seems it's like a, a it seems like a recipe for disaster for me, but I, I, I'm happy. I'm more than happy to be proven wrong, you know. Oh yeah. Um, Look, at the of, end of the day, I, I think I'll still go. I'll still go see it. So that's yeah, uh, yeah you know, uh, after all this thing about uh, protests about you know him being too old and stuff, I'll still go see it. I mean, the, the cinema's got my money for that. Uh, whether or not I I'll buy the Blu-ray, maybe I'll I'll look in a bargain bin like yourself. Yeah. Or, uh, um, but we yeah, shall we'll see. see. Let's yeah. see what it is. I mean, Indiana Jones and the Lost False Teeth. You know. Um... <laughs> do, do we have a title for the last one or no? No, no, it hasn't okay. been. I, I, I'm, it was supposed to be filming this year. 
Um, and then obviously for a 2021 release, but that's been put back. So I'm assuming they've got a script or something, but I've heard yeah. nothing about what it's going to be. So okay. I, had, I had a little look, and there's rumours and stuff, but like none of them are founded. So um, I, I wouldn't even want to speculate at this point. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Indiana Jones and the Broken Hip, I don't know. <laughs> this yeah, oh gosh, I don't know. So Well, yeah. may, maybe, actually, sorry, last point, maybe if he takes on the role of um, maybe, well, you know, if he gets his son back and they rehash a bit of Last Crusade, but Indy as, as the dad, oh, I don't know. It could be. It'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that. We we've done it. So Ray, thank you very very much. No worries. For Absolute spending pleasure. the time to talk mm-hmm. about Indiana Jones with me. I've really enjoyed going back and watching most of these films. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's been it's been even more or even more so as always. It's been great talking to you as well. So thank you very much for coming on. Oh no! Thank you so much for having me, uh, inviting me to talk about these films. I love them uh, as well. I love Indiana Jones, and uh, it's been a pleasure actually just kind of airing all these things out. Um, and especially, I feel like we've we've kind of um, gone through some sort of purging with uh, with yeah. talking about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I feel a lot lighter now. I'm very happy. Uh, but no, but thank you so much. It, it's been an absolute pleasure. Do you want to give uh, Into the Night a, a little plug? Um, yeah, sure. Also, happy to give Moon Knight a plug. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So, if anyone wants to hear a bit more of my ramble, um, I host a show, Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Uh, it's on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at itk moon knight. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash itk moon knight, uh, and a group as well, um, facebook.com slash group slash itk moon knight. Uh, we're all on all the good podcast catches as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's all to do with Moon Knight, a Marvel character. Um, he's going to get his own TV series uh, soon. I'm assuming it's being delayed as well, um, but maybe 2022 as well. Um, so yeah, please check it out. Excellent. So thank you very much, uh, and uh, Ray will probably catch you again soon. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another great 20th Century Geek episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in contact to suggest topics for future shows or just chat about everything nerdy, you can email me at 20thcenturygeek at gmail.com. That's 20thcenturygeek at gmail.com. Or find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Just search for 20th Century Geek. If you would like to support the show, please go on your podcast catcher and leave a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It raises the show in the ranks and lets more people know about the podcast. If you want to show more support for the podcast, we do have an Amazon wish list. Just go on Amazon and search for 20th Century Geek and you will find a list of books that will help with research for future podcasts. And don't forget... We love second-hand books in 20th Century Towers. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.